You're gonna end with that? You're gonna end with that? That's your main event? That's your closing match for Beast in the East? That's how you think you're gonna follow Kevin Owens versus Finn Balor for the NXT title live at six o'clock in the morning? This is the Yes Talk. WrestleMania 3 at the Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. It's gonna be called down the middle, 50-50. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. I heard you laugh. I heard you get off on it, brother. In their business life and in their private life. Hello and welcome back to the Yes Talk. I am your host, Dustin Kaufman. I want to say thank you and hello to everybody at home, everybody in the Yes Nation, to all the Kaufman guys, to all the Kaufman girls. I'm coming to you. I'm recording here in Studio H in the lovely Cumulus Radio, Kansas City, which means the show sounds good, which means it sounds good for you, which means you're happy, which means I'm happy, which means we're going to have a great show. And we have such a good show. In fact, I'll tell you how good the show is. We've been getting some pretty good guests here on the Yes Talk. Okay, look, I'm this show, this is episode 16. 16, all right? A few weeks ago, I and you, you go back and listen to these past interviews. A few weeks ago, I had Rob Schamberger, the official artist for WWE, who was such an amazing interview. To hear we went through his career, he had the privilege of actually painting the last coat worn by the Ultimate Warrior on Raw after WrestleMania, the very last coat he wore in the ring. Uh, great story behind that. Uh, and he's done so much. His art, he's contributed so much to his business, to the business with his art with his paintings uh he's at all the comic cons acts so okay so we had him go check that out rob schamberger you can get his paintings at shop wwe uh i had the patriot del wilkes uh if you remember the patriot so he's making a documentary right now he's talking about that still good you can listen to that interview um i had uh, uh uh jeff from paragon pro wrestling who just debuted on pop tv last week at 6 a.m daring the beast of the east which we are going to talk about here in just a minute so that was a really fun interview i really enjoyed talking to him and so this week, and I didn't used to have any, I was like, I don't want to interview people unless I feel they're worth interviewing, right? So, uh, and I've had, uh, so, okay. I just, so I, I started it with interviews and I'm like, ah, I just, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to have fun. This is for me. But, okay, so it's really, so now, today, I am so proud to say on the show, I have uh, a wonderful interview with Donovan Dijak of ring of honor uh he's a great wrestler he's in the house of truth he was in the opening match of the best in the world with mark briscoe uh he's really great and he was so fun to talk to so again active roster ring of honor uh he talks about the move to destination america um that he talks about uh how the uh when how the locker room when they found out about the move, that's how long, the, you know, it, like, so th it's a great interview. He talks a lot of fun stuff. Uh, he talks about his business, getting into the bit. So it's, it's really good. Really enjoyed it. And so Donovan Dijak from Ring of Honor today on the Yes Talk. 
You're welcome. You're welcome, Yes Nation. You're welcome, Kaufman guys. You're welcome, Kaufman girls. Hey, and again, hey, I don't just host a, uh, an awesome pro wrestling podcast. All right, I don't just do that. I'm also a stand-up comedian, and you can find my CD at iTunes. It's called Imaginationless, Dustin Kaufman, K-A-U-F-M-A-N. Or for the law enforcement, King Adam Union, Frank, Mary Adam, Nancy. And again, that's imagination. Listen, hey, while you're at iTunes, hey, while you're there, how about you you go to the Yes Talk, subscribe. That's the best thing in the world you could do for the show. Go to iTunes, subscribe to the Yes Talk, or right here on Trending Topics Network. Just go and hit the subscribe button. All you got to do is subscribe. If you're not on an Apple product, if you don't have iTunes, hey, just go to Trending Topics Network and you can push the subscribe button. You can do that. So, but if you can, go to the iTunes Subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends. Uh, all right, there's a lot going on pro wrestling. Uh, first, uh, I, I want to start off just um, addressing uh, a recent uh, update, if you will. Just a quick little update on Tyson Kidd. Um, I guess Tyson Kidd revealed um, that only 5% of people survive with the surgery he went through. All right. Uh, it's been rumored uh, that he'll be out of action for around a year, but there's also other rumors that he won't wrestle again. And that's scary. That's a scary thing. I mean, this guy was so. I mean, so Tyson Kidd tweeted. He tweeted. He said five percent of people survive this injury. Sixteen staples, four screws, and a rod later, and luckily I survived to tell my story. All right, so from the yes talk to you, Tyson Kid, Mr. Kid, Mr. Tyson, I, we wish you, and by we, I mean I, I wish you a very speedy recovery. I mean, that's so scary. I mean, he was on fire. You know, the he was really on fire. And to see this severe of an injury on anybody, but especially on Tyson Kid, uh, on somebody so talented, so driven, dedicated, somebody who's such a good worker who really adds a lot of value to the product. All right. I mean, the team, the, the best team in the world was Cesaro. I mean, not, you know, Cesaro seems to be doing okay coming out of it, but it's a thing. So, uh, again, my hearts go out. So, um, to Tyson, the, all right. So let's move on. The Beast, ladies and gentlemen, the Beast. Ah. In, woo, the east, woo, the beast in the east. Oh, God, it started at 4.30 in the morning here in Kansas City. I actually, uh, I, I was, I'm going to stay up all night. That's what I said. I'm going to stay up all night. I'm going to listen to my buddy's show, The Spanish Announce Table. Check it out. Also available on Trending Topics Network. Great show, the uh, pro wrestling show. Great duo over there. Very fun. Very funny. Great show. Check them out. So I was like, I'm going to listen to the Spanish announce table and wait for the beast in the east. I was like, I'm just going to lay on the couch and listen to the Spanish announce table and wait for the beast in the east at 4.30 in the morning, right? So this is about 2 o'clock, 2.30 in the morning. And then 2.30, I lay down on the couch and I go, I better set an alarm. I had my headphones on. So I was like, I better set an alarm. So I set it for two hours just in case. I set it for like 4.15, right? So lo and behold... I lay down on the couch to listen to the Spanish announce table. Next thing I know, I'm waking up at 4.15 with alarms blaring off in my headphones. I'm like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. So I was ready. I was there. Beast in the East. 4.30 in the morning, Midwest. That's Kansas City. L.A. started at 2.30. Uh, East Coast started at 
All right. Um, and uh, in, in Tokyo, Japan, 6 p.m. So, um, it's that half hour. Uh, all right. So, all right. The Beast in the East. Uh, Jericho versus Neville. We had a Divas three-way. We had Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston. Kevin Owens versus Finn Balor. And Cena Ziggler versus Wade Barrett to cap the night off. Um, all right. Beast in the uh, I my predictions on this were actually pretty spot on for the matches that actually made it. All right, I guess we should talk about that. All right, so right off the bat, we've uh, right off the bat, I've had a, a few. Uh, I, I've had some fans email the show, they tweeted the show, they Facebook, and you can too, and they about the Beast in the East, and they were that's I mean it's so they. They tweeted, tweeted the show at the Yes Talk, okay, and just that's it. Or Facebook, the Yes Talk, you can message me, but tweet at the Yes Talk. So this is uh, Wilmer Montes. He reached out and he said, what happened to the tag title match and why end with a random tag match? All right. Right. Okay. So, all right. What happened to the tag? T- all right. So that was supposed to be um, New Day versus... Uh, so the best team in the world, Cesaro and Kid. All right, right there, Kid got injured. All right, Kid. So that, and then on top of that, New Day doesn't even have the tag titles anymore. It's prime time players. So it seems like a pretty simple fix was with Tyson Kid out, Cesaro there. You know, what you just put the prime time players in, and it should be that. And then prime time, so you still have your tag title match. But no, no, they didn't, and they didn't. So, and they also. So they changed that, all right, and then they they just kept it on the booking, the list. They never said who they were going to replace it with. And then they were advertising. Also, they advertised Lucha Dragons versus Los Matadores, all right? So they did. I'm like, and I did a whole thing about it last week, and then that didn't even happen. Uh, Lucha Dragons versus Los Matadores was I was excited to see because I wanted to see Los Matadores. Uh, I wanted to see them like fall apart. I mean, not in a bad way. I just think they it's they need to get out of that gimmick. And I was like, okay, this could be a great time for this to stop. But then they even had uh, El Torito, El El Torito. El Torito, El El Torito. The front is like a bull. The back is like a man. The front is where the ring is where you wrestle, and the I don't know. The mat is where you El Torito, El El Torito, El Torito, El El. All right, so so El Torito was actually cheering for the Lucha Dragons recently on some WWE TV. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is starting to happen. That happened before Japan too, which made me think, okay, this is, I think that was, I was on SmackDown. So I'm like, okay, the fact that this is happening leads me to solidify my opinion that they're going to break up at, in Tokyo, but it never happened. Okay. So then they changed that. And then, so it was going to be new day versus the, uh, the Lucha Dragons. I'm like, okay, well, that's still a fun match. And then they were going to have Cesaro versus Diego as advertised. And that was the last uh, bill going into the Beast in the East. All right, so Cesaro versus Diego never happened. All right. Uh, and then Lucha Dragons versus Los Matadores. Also, we just never got. I mean, you would have to think these matches probably happened live. Who know? I mean, not on the network. But why? I mean, you advertised them. You don't have to keep it to two hours. So... Yeah, so that the tag my, title match, it could have been salvaged, but I don't know. I mean, it just so many things happened after they advertised that match. I, I remember because, and I thought for a long time, I'm like, okay, well, this is a huge spoiler. This match is going to happen. They're not going to win the t- lose the titles here. They're not going to win the titles there. But then just eighteen injuries, title changes. It just never happened. I don't. Oh, it, so um. 
All right, so the matches that did happen. Um, all right, we'll get to uh, the matches that did happen. Jericho versus Neville to kick at the night. Which, all right, so my prediction. I th- this is the only one I didn't get right. This is the only predict. I really thought Neville was going to go over on Jericho. I really did. I really thought, but I, it didn't hurt Neville. I mean, the match was so good. And to to start a show with Neville versus Jericho. I mean, come on. You can't get better than that. You can't I mean, and so Jericho did the Lion Tamer, but he also did the Walls of Jericho, which he doesn't always he can't get that on the bigger guys. He can't bend them like that. So it's fun to see him in the ring with people he can actually put that use that move on. It's great. And so the match was it was really good. It was lengthy. It was about 15 minutes long. Um, I got, I mean, Jericho, it's nice to see Jericho. We haven't seen Chris Jericho. I mean, he's been doing live shows a little bit, but we haven't seen him on our TVs, not in the ring, you know, not in the ring at all. He's doing tough enough now and, but he's not in our ring and he's great. Look at him. Look how good of a match he is. I think it kind of got to the point with Chris Jericho that he's going to come in and they had, they were using him even in title matches, which is just not believable. It's like Jericho, Chris is not going to win the title. He's just, uh, he's, he's, you know, he's not there enough. I mean, even Lesnar is part-time, but he's, like, there enough to be just a, only because he's Brock Lesnar and probably only because Heyman sold him it, you know. I mean, so and Heyman would be there to represent on occasion, even when he's not there. But Jericho, I don't think, could have the title and only come in every three months. That's just he can't do he can't he, he can't do that. That's a Brock. Le- I think only Lesnar could do that, or maybe the Rock for you. But I don't think people would, because Lesnar was a heel. He could do it. I mean, he's coming off ending the Taker streak. I mean, he was a huge heel at the time, so it didn't matter if people hated him. It didn't matter what he did with him. He was a champion. He was going to show up when he wanted. He was going to defend it. It doesn't matter what you, the audience, or anybody thinks. Because how much more can you hate him for ending the Undertaker's streak? Jericho can't. I mean, you know, people love Jericho. And why drop that down? I mean, so. I know he works the house shows. I really thought he would have put Neville over. um, But, again, it didn't really affect the outcome. I was just really surprised. It's not going to affect the future of Neville. It was a great match. It was a great match. Wonderful way to start off. Uh, followed by a Divas three-way. Hey, and that was a pretty exciting match, too. It was, you know, it was good. We had Tamina versus uh, Paige versus John Sheena. I'm sorry, Nikki Bella. Hashtag John Sheena. Hashtag John Sheena. Nikki Bella. Hashtag John Sheena. So, and now, you know, and again, I predicted this. I predicted this. I was like, Nikki is going to win. I, I was like, we're going to. We're going to see Finn Balor take the title, and so we're not going to see two title changes. Um, but it was, you know, so they went and they showcased their their Bella champion for Japan, and they're like, oh, it, it, it's Nikki Bella. So, and Nikki Bella. Nikki Bella. It's Nikki Bella. Mm-hmm. I say Nikki Bella. Nikki Bella. <laughs> it's Nikki Bella. Your your diva champion, Nikki. I'm sorry. All right, so Barra, Nikki Barra, John Sheena, hashtag John Sheena. So that divas three way. Um, we didn't see any uh, no NXT women show up. Surprise, no. You know, it was just a clean show. Um, 
Brock Lesnar versus Kofi. Uh, I again, not only did I, pre- of course, did I predict Lesnar. I predicted less than five minutes. This was two and a half minutes. All right, two and a half minutes. All right, look, this is called the Beast of the East. All right, they build this entirely around just Brock Lesnar being there. And all that it was, Brock Lesnar wanted to go to Japan to see uh, one of his friends. He wanted to go to Japan to see somebody, uh, one of his friends. And he's, and he's like, okay, I might as well get a match. Um, I might as well get a match because then it will be a tax write-off. All right, so... Therefore, Brock Lesnar wanted to have a tax write-off on a trip to go visit a friend, and so we got a 4.30 a.m. pay-per-view out of it, all right, or network special. So, uh, so, all right, so, but nevertheless, it's called Beast in the East, all right? Beast in the East, and Brock Lesnar, and so they barely even advertised this title match on of course, not on Raw, but on NXT, they were advertising for the title, the NXT title, not Brock. So it was kind of weird because there was definitely like uh, different advertisements for it. Like Raw was specifically advertising Brock Lesnar, not even Brock Lesnar versus Kofi King, just Brock Le- Beast in the East. Here comes Godzilla. All right. So, and then NXT is like uh, doing a three part documentary, a three part documentary on Finn Balor. Like, and a lot of people are on Twitter especially are like, oh, I wonder who's going to win. I mean, look how hard they're building this guy right now. Um, so, yeah, two and a half minutes. It's named after him. He's, he's, not, he's three matches in. He's right in the middle, literally right in the middle. There's two before Brock, two after Brock, and he's two and a half minutes. And this is what I meant when I said last week, okay, it's named after him. But not only was he not the main event, he probably wasn't the main attraction. The NXT title, Owens versus Finn Balor, especially Finn Balor in Tokyo, uh, was the main attraction. I mean, Finn Balor has history there, right? I mean, he's he's a star, and he's coming home a star. He was a star there, but he's coming back a bigger star. He's. It's like if you live in, I mean, not... Uh, it, He's coming home a star. Is how, you know, it's really what it comes down to. Um, the match was absolutely incredible. I guess we're done talking about Brock Lesnar because that's as long as the match lasted. I, what else is there to talk about? The guy gets a tax write-off. He wants a tax write-off, so he gets a network special named after him. We get a new champion. All right, 4.30 in the morning. All right, two, two minutes, two and a half minutes. You can't even have a 10-minute play around a little bit. You can't even just throw Kofi around a little bit. Two and a half minutes. And you took down the rest of New Day in two and a half minutes. All right. So, all right. Owens versus Balor Cut for the NXT title. Absolutely wonderful. Just wonderful. Absolutely should have been the main event. And we're going to get to that a little a little bit more. Um, um, it, it's just incredible. Like, um how god this match it was just so good the energy the performance the wrestling the spots the audience was so into it so loud so loud i was on the edge of my seat it was what five it was 4 30 it was six o'clock a.m you know at this point six o'clock a.m probably like from 5 40 maybe 5 40 a.m coming up on six o'clock 
because the match ended about six. Cena and Ziggler started at six oh five, ended at six thirty. So, um, so that's what. So five forty, and I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm screaming. I got a one year old in the back. I'm like, I can't wake him up, but I don't know if I care right now. This is absolutely wonderful. I'm gonna scream. I had literally queso. I went to the store and I bought my favorite kind of queso, and I bought my favorite kind of chips specifically to go with that specific kind of queso. And I had my cold can of cola and my favorite kind of cola. And I'm like, all right, it is. I'm going to do this at 438 for my queso I had to celebrate to make it a real one-man party. Because none of my friends are coming over to party at 430 in the morning. It's just not going to happen. My friends have jobs and kids and or they're just passed out drunk by that time or too stoned to drive it. That's just what my friends, sorry, but that's what they, so nobody's coming to party at 4.30 a.m. There's no beast in the East party and I'm not getting together. I didn't have a get together. I tried, trust me, I tried. I called my friends, I called them. I said, hey, why don't you, you coming over for beast in the East? But he's like, ah, I can't. I work tonight. I said, that's cool. It's at 4.30 in the morning. He never even texted me back. He didn't even bother responding. It's such an asinine thing that's, hey, why don't you come over at 4 o'clock in the morning? We'll watch wrestling. Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> it's not going to happen. I try to ask friends with no, without families and barely have jobs. Even they're like, no, I'm going to be sleeping. Not I, This was a one-man party with me. With queso, chips, and a Coke. That is, and I was, and I loved it. I loved it. And I, why did I build it up so much? Not, okay, yes, it was, okay, for the NXT title match. I mean, that's your main event. That's your main attraction. Okay. Okay, yes. The whole thing in general, because I love, Bro wrestling so and I love the 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 this so and so and if I hear that there's something different going on when they say when WWE says hey we're gonna have a live event broadcasted live from Tokyo unfortunately it's gonna be at 4:30 in the morning I go oh no 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 that's okay my son's asleep nobody can interrupt me on this my son's gonna be asleep go but yeah I wish they were all at four in the morning I'd get to watch everything uninterrupted. The, the 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 missus is in bed. She's asleep. The kids asleep. Nobody's there to say, "Hey, daddy, can you get me there? Oh, daddy, can you, honey, can you come? Dustin, I need you." But and uh, not that I don't, and I do every time. I'm like, that's just, I just what you do. But you know, to not ha, have to do that, to not, to not <laughs> to not have to do that. My all right, look, because like you know, the, my, the missus, she likes to, uh, she likes wrestling. She does. She likes rest, but then she'll try to like. Sometimes she'll try to cuddle during, and I'm like, I'm not cuddling during, she tried to cuddle during Cena Owens too, and I'm just like, please stop cuddling me during Cena versus Owens too. I, this is not, a, I need to, I'm not, I mean, I didn't yell at her. I didn't even tell her to get off of me, but emotionally I'm like, I want to scream and jump up and down. I want to go crazy. And it's not cuddles, it's scream time. And nobody scream cuddles. Nobody's like, oh my God, this cuddling is so good. Um, they cuddled through a table. There's no table cuddling. Ugh. So, so okay. 
Yes, I did it for the event. But I also did it, and not for the Brock. I mean, okay, Brock Lesnar was fun. Like, cool, he's going to be there. But that Owens versus Finn Balor match is guaranteed. Guaranteed going in to be a sh- Jericho versus Neville. I was told we'd have Lucha Dragons and Cesaro. I was excited for that. Didn't get either one of them. Whatever. I'm letting it go. Why? Kevin Owens versus Finn Balor, Jericho versus Neville. Those two matches alone could cover a two-hour network special. But we got two minutes of it filled by Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston. All right, then, then, this is, okay, and this is goes back to Wilmer Montez's first question. He says, he said, why end with a random uh, tag match? Because that's exactly what it is. That's exact, this is a typical standard house show main event. It's Cena, and Cena's going to win. There's no story. I mean, it's a house. You know, there's a house show. There's no story. Maybe they wanted it to have that house show feel, which it did anyways. It already had a house show feel because it was a televised house show. Plain and simple. It's at four thirty in the morning. It feels like a house show. All right. Nobody's watching this at Hooters. Nobody's going out to the bar to watch this because the bars are closed. Everybody's watching from a house. But it's a house show. It's a house sh- So they want to, f- but you have to, and the thought, the consensus, and maybe it's different, but the consensus and the thought is that, oh, Cena's the star. People are coming to see Cena. Cena's going to be last. Okay, well, maybe if it was Cena. Owens. Now, I'm not saying Owens is already a main eventer over Cena. I'm saying there's a story there. Maybe if it was uh, just John Cena versus Cesaro in a U.S. Open challenge. Okay? Now, if this Cena versus Cesaro in a U.S. Open challenge to follow that, well, okay. I mean, that, okay. All right. Okay. I'll accept that. And not because it's Cesaro, because it's going to be a good... You know, U.S. Open Challenge, it's a thing. It's already a thing. There, it, there is a story there, and it's been going on for months now. So without even telling a story, you could have had that be a story. Okay, yeah, there was an NXT title match. Sure, cool, cool. All right? Nobody's expecting. You could even have Kevin Owens come out and interrupt it at the very end. So Cesaro doesn't clear. Like that Cena-Cesaro match, Cena-Cesaro won. Well, that could have happened as a main event in Tokyo. Cesaro was even in the building. And that whole Cesaro almost winning, that incredible match of Cesaro, that Cena Owens won, Cesaro Ona, Cesaro Ona, Cena Cesaro won, where Cesaro almost won and Kevin Owens interrupted. That could have been the main event of Beast in the East. All right. But Cena and Ziggler versus Wade Barrett and Kane, it's just. It meet like first off, why is Barrett and Kane in a in a team together? Why is Cena and Ziggler in a team together? Why is Cena and Ziggler going against Wade Barrett and Kane? No, nobody. There is nothing to this at all, at all. Jericho versus Neville. Like, okay, these are two incredible wrestlers. This is just going to be a good match. The Divas three way. It's a title match. I mean, there's obviously a feud already existing. Brock Lesnar's just coming out for his tax. You know, it's his two minute tax re- two minutes tax his two minute tax write off. So. 
And then they built this Kevin Owens Finn Balor match immensely. Yeah, the Cena Ziggler Wade, it was never mentioned on TV. It was never, nobody even talked about it. It was just Cena at the. So it shouldn't of. There's better ways they could have used Cena. If they really want to have Cena main event, there's better ways they could have done it. I was really unimpressed. The match wasn't even that good. It wasn't even that good. <sighs> um. So Cena Ziggler versus Wade Barrett and Kane. Uh. It's so it, and it happened, you know, the audience, it was like half the, it, they got like half the amount of response. I mean, come on. Owens and Balor brought the house down. They brought it down. It was so, um, um, and then we had another write in, uh, another question, um, based off this right here. Uh, and you can too, again, just tweet at the yes talk. Follow on Facebook. Follow on Twitter. Just at the Yes Talk. That easy. Follow. Tweet at me. Any questions, comments, just say hi. Hey, people, I do it. I'll say hi back. So um, Nathaniel Feliciano asked, he said, my question for the week is, do you think the gimmick of the demon, Finn Balor, will translate well in the, uh, in the, on, uh, in the main roster of WWE and taken seriously as a main event champion? Okay, uh, he's, and then he also put up the end. He said, uh, I'm performing Tuesday night, July 14th at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank, California at 9.30 p.m. Hey, look at that. We got a, we got a Mr. Nathaniel Feliciano. Absolutely. So, funny man uh, out in Los Angeles. There you go. Right in the show. Uh, he's been a fan since day one. Um, so, there you go. Go see if you're in the Los Angeles area. Go out to Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank, 9.30 p.m., and see Nathaniel perform July 14th. All right, there you go. So the question, my question for the week is, do you think the gimmick of Demon Finn Balor will translate well in the main event roster and be taken seriously as a, a champion? Okay, as a main event champion. Um, Yes. And I don't think it's necessarily the gimmick because that body paint isn't really it's not a gimmick he relies on it's something he does on special occasions you know um more frequently than ray mysterio's wrestlemania outfits you know it's not that kind of a special but it's something he does he's not going to do on tv every week or maybe hardly ever raws after manias i mean it's it's a main event kind of and it, it makes it special so it's not like the boogeyman uh, who's going to come out eating worms. It's not like Undertaker where he's it has to be the dead man every week or even Bray Wyatt, you know, the new face of fear. It's He really has, and he did it really intelligently because he's almost playing a Dr. Jekyll, uh, Mr. Hyde kind of a thing because he is just, he's he's fit, you know. I mean, he's Finn Balor, he's out there. Uh, and he's he's himself. He's cutting great promos. He doesn't have to do any of this character. Uh, he's cutting great, and he's just himself. He's just himself, and that's almost like a war paint. He uses it like a war paint, so I, which is great. It's incredible. It's the ring entry is great. I love. I mean, he's putting on a great show. Um, the body paint is great, and again, it's because it's not really a character. He's not playing this like demon warlock kind of underdwell who's not you know he's so it, it it's like a war paint so yeah i think he will i think he's been champion uh you know 
all over the world. He's he just I mean, he, they just made the NXT title an international championship belt. He won the NXT title in Japan even. I mean, yeah, I think he absolutely will be. I think it's he's so talented. Um is it going to happen immediately? I wouldn't think so. I mean, they should uh yeah, I who knows? I mean, who knows? He could be dropped right into the main event. You know, he could, I mean, so, but, I mean, he could win. He could debut at a Money in the Bank match and and just win it, cash it in. I mean, you never know, but they're probably going to build him a little bit. They're going to let him creep around a little bit, Um, probably. I, that's a weird, like, I think they should, again, I mentioned it before, I'd love to see Finn versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 32 coming up. I think that would be an incredible match. I really think that would be an incredible, to see those two in the ring together, um, it would just be really fun. I don't think you need to hold it. I mean, God, Finn's so talented. Those are two great characters. Those entrances, those ring entrances together for one match, Oh my God, the story we would get, the promos we would get from Wyatt versus Bal. Oh God. So, but to go beyond, I mean, who knows? Maybe Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor will be in championship matches together one day. You know, so yeah, I do. I think he will be taken seriously. Um, all right. So moving on. Um, should WWE add Cesaro? Um, to John Cena, Kevin Owens, U.S. title match at Battleground. Uh, and this is something I've talked about, and they keep... I thought we were going to get the triple threat match on Raw last night. I thought that was going to happen. And after watching Cesaro, I mean, it's not like anything new. I, I you know, It's like I've known what he's capable of, but to see him finally in that go mode to like, hey, go put on this incredible match. Go, you're gonna go in the ring with Cena. He's like one of the best in the world right now. He's gonna let he's gonna make you he's gonna let you make yourself look as good as you are. All right. He will let you make yourself look as good as you can make yourself look. All right. And that and Cena really is good about that. All right. So because I mean you say, okay, people say, oh, he does the five moves of doom, seven moves. He's only doing eight, ten moves now, okay? So what happens is inside because he will. He'll get a typical John Cena, same as a Hulk Hogan. Same script as a Hulk Hogan match. It's like a Superman match from the cartoon, from the when it was like the Batman versus Superman cartoons. And um, and they'd have the Batman for a half hour and a Superman for a half hour. And So it is the same. It's a script. And the, it is that you're, he's going to get beat up, same as a Hulk Hogan. He gets beat up the whole time. Does like... One dumb move at the end, and it's over. Because that would Hogan would just get beat up the whole time, and then he would like he'd poke an eye once in a while, he'd rake a back. I mean, Grant Cena's doing way more than that. But then he would just get mad. He'd shake his head. He'd shake his hand. He'd punch you a few times. He'd boot you in the head. He'd drop a leg drop. So that's what three moves: a fist, a boot to the face, and a leg drop. Three moves. How long was Hulk Hogan champion with three moves? Four if you count the finger in your face to let you know you're in for it. All right, so Cena's like three times better than that. You know, I think he's up He's up nine now. 
Nah, and he's getting better working with Cesaro and working with Kevin. He's learning. He's upping himself. He's like, okay, this new talent's coming in, and they can really go. And so he is not. He's not. He's like, I'm not just gonna sit here and idle by everybody and be the set. He is seeing it stepping up to the new talent. And I look. I have said it. I'm, I'm never. I've never been. I boo whatever. Cena stepping up to the new talent. You can say all you want about him. Every week we're seeing him try new stuff. He's trying new moves. He's stepping up. He is improving himself. After all these years, I mean, he's still he's still in it enough and cares enough to better himself. And, and that's incredible. So, so should Cesaro. And after watching Cesaro get in there with Cena, um, man, you know, it's – I. I mean, come on. He's definitely deserving of that U.S. title. He's deserving as that U.S. title. Would you guys want to see Kevin Owens and John Cena turn into a triple threat at Battleground? Cesaro versus Cena versus Owens. Did did last night, did this week's Raw, did that uh, excite you? Were you like, oh, yeah, I want more of this? To me, it seems like Cesaro got his clean match. A second, He got his opportunity. He got a rematch. He lost it clean. He lost clean. It was a great match. He lost clean. I don't see him being in this again right now. Now, so, and I, okay, I'm I'm a little torn on this because I would love to see Cesaro take that U.S. title. I would. I would just love to see him take the U.S. title. But as your unofficial head of WWE creative, I think Kevin Owens should win it for this. And this is why. So this is what we would see if I, we would see, Kevin Owens beat Cena clean, okay, battleground, and then he'd go right to Ryback. It's the same car, you know, probably not the same car because you're not going to see Ryback after John Cena, Kevin Owens at Ryback. So Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Raw, he walks out with the U.S. title right to Ryback, and he goes after the Intercontinental title. And it's it's crucial, honestly. I mean, okay, because, again, you had, and I touched on this last week. I touched on it last week, okay, but you had John Cena and Daniel Bryan coming out of WrestleMania with the U.S. Championship and the Intercontinental Championship. And Daniel Bryan was supposed to solidify that belt as the number two spot. All right, done. Not, okay, Daniel Bryan injured immediately, belt vacant. Okay, it's not looking. Cena's really building up this U.S. title. This U.S. Open Challenge is just not only doing great for the company, for the Raws, for Smacked, for uh, Cena, uh, for the for the raw talent on the roster, for everybody. The U.S. Open Challenge is one of the best things they've done in a long time because they've stuck with it, man. They've stuck with it. So, okay, Intercontinental title sat stagnant. Zat stagnant, and then they had a horrible elimination chamber match for the Intercontinental. I mean, just horrible. One of the worst matches I've seen in ages. Like, it's been a while since I've gone, oh, my God, this is so bad. Why is this the this is the Intercontinental title match? So, and then Ryback wins, who just isn't as, I mean, people like to chant, feed me more. He's improving himself. I think every week we're seeing a better Ryback. I think he's stepping up to the occasion. I don't think it's the belt. You know, he's stepping up to the occasion. His promos are increasing. His matches are getting better. I think he'd have a better chance if he wasn't in like a two-month feud with Big Show and Miz. I just, but, um, yeah, it's so, that, 
intercontinental belt didn't go because it would have been that number two spot it just would have been the number two belt in my opinion it would have been the number two belt then it should be ww history that should be the number two belt that's the number two title i'm going to say it again the intercontinental title the intercontinental championship belt is the number two title no other way about it it's the number two title. And right now it's on Ryback, which isn't helping reestablish and re-legitimize the belt. It's, it's helping Ryback a little bit, but not Ryback's not helping it. And right now the belt needs more help than Ryback. Ryback can evolve on his own without a belt. And if he can't, he shouldn't have the belt. So Kevin Owens takes the United States champion, walks right up to Ryback the same way he walked up to Cena with the NXT title. He walks up to him, he challenges him, he calls him out, and he takes the Intercontinental Championship belt at SummerSlam. Kevin Owens versus Ryback for the Intercontinental Championship belt at SummerSlam. Now, Kevin Owens can lose the United States champion before he even gets there. Because let's face I mean, it just, I mean, the United States, okay, it looks, whatever. Kevin Owens looked awesome with that NXT belt because that's an awesome belt. It's an awesome belt. I don't think Kevin Owens needs to carry that belt for a real long time as long as he wins the belt, especially if he just goes right to the next tier because he takes the so he walks up to Ryback the same way he walked up to Cena this time with the U.S. title and he says, "Okay, this is my next stop on the way to the top. This is my next destination. This, which says that that Intercontinental belt, just that gesture alone, doesn't matter that he has it yet, which he 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 should win it at SummerSlam. Kevin Owens should beat Ryback for the Intercontinental belt at SummerSlam." Done. End of story as your unofficial head of WWE creative. Kevin Owens takes the Intercontinental title from Ryback at SummerSlam. So, but what that says, just the gesture, not the match, not winning it, not holding it, not wrestling it, not wearing it, not wearing a shirt with the belt printed on it of it. Just the gesture of Kevin Owens taking the United States Championship belt and then pointing at the Intercontinental title saying, that's my next step to the top automatically makes the Intercontinental Championship belt the number two belt. He doesn't have to, he doesn't even have to, the match hasn't even started. The first night of the feud, first night, one sentence, you're next, that's it. Two words, two words out of Kevin Owens would make the Intercontinental belt the number two belt. You're next. That's all. I mean, obviously, he's going to say more. He's going to give us speeches. He's going to go over who's been the Intercontinental Championship. He's going to religi- you know, he's going to talk bad on Ryback. He's going to cut some awesome promos on Ryback. He's probably going to look good doing it. And, and it does everything they needed Daniel Bryan to do. Almost even better. I mean, it really does because it's not. You're not going to get, I mean, you're not going to get a, uh, 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 
they're they're not going to combine the belts. You know, they're it's not going to be like that. They're not like they did with the heavyweight and the United States Championship belt. I mean, it's just not going to happen, and it shouldn't happen. We've talked about it in the past. It's you need the three belts. All right, look at the amount of injuries and part timers that have carried the belt, and with. It keeps it, three belts keeps your options open. Hey, if you want to put the belt on Brock Lesnar and let him show up every couple months with the belt, well, you still have the Intercontinental and the U.S. champion, but you better make sure that they're that they're good champions and they're really good names, and they're going to put on incredible matches with those belts, which I just don't think Ryback is at the status. Again, he's growing, he's evolving. Every week he's getting better, but he doesn't need the belt to do it. Otherwise, he shouldn't have the belt. Plain and simple. If Ryback can't evolve without holding the title, then he doesn't deserve the title. Plain and simple. I don't need to say it. You heard me say it. Okay? So, right, but but that said, Ryback is not the guy who can, like, main event or co-main event your SummerSlam or your Survivor Series. And by God, no means is he ready to main event or co-main event a WrestleMania. Not that that would happen. But even a regular pay-per-view, right back is not main event ready. He's not main event over. He's just not. And that's not talking him. He's just not there yet. He may have been one time before. He may be again one day, but it's not now. It's not now. So you can't have, like, if Brock Lesnar goes off with the belt for a couple days, you cannot have Ryback with your next the next biggest belt. It doesn't work that way. He's not the guy. You So you need somebody who could be the guy and who could step up in a moment without the audience, without the universe, without the fans going, are you kidding me? While without losing network subscriptions, without losing pay-per-view buys, without which still exist. Without pissing off every, you need somebody in that position with the Intercontinental Championship belt who, on the drop of a dime, could fill the position of the WWE champion. It's it it's the only it's that's why this scares it, it's scary. Okay, let's think. Let's be real for a second. What happens if Brock Lesnar beats Seth Rollins at Battleground? What happens? What, he's going to take off with the belt for two months, and you're going to have Ryback? You're going to have Ryback in your, as your next biggest working champion? Based off the fact that the IC belt is the number two title, as it is, as it should be in WWE. Okay, that's... And that's... No, you cannot... So you need somebody like... They need, not only does the Intercontinental Championship belt need Kevin Owens to claim it next, WWE needs Kevin Owens to claim that belt next. They need somebody as over, as strong, somebody who looks as strong, somebody who's as believable, who can cut the promos, who can go in the ring, they need Kevin Owens to claim the Intercontinental belt next. And after he does that, then Cesaro takes the United States Championship belt. Okay? Then he does it. Now, maybe he does it before Summer. So then they go into Summer. Maybe Cesaro could even go into SummerSlam 
with the United States Championship belt uh, in a rematch with Cena. Or uh, what? No, Cena would be gone. I don't know who. So, anyways, just I, I don't know. So, yeah. So, or Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental Championship belt. They need somebody like Kevin Owens or like Dean Ambrose who can, at the drop of a dime, be ready to go and can handle and has proven themselves to be able to fill that main event spot. Every single match Kevin Owens has been in on the main roster in a pay-per-view has stolen the show. He stole the show at Beast in the East. He stole the show at Money in the Bank. He stole the show at Elimination Chamber. And so he does it with, it's not just Cena because he did it with Finn Balor. Okay, and it's not just Finn Balor stole the show. It's becoming apparent if you get in the ring with Kevin Owens on a special event or a pay-per-view, you're going to steal the show. That's just the way it's looking. I mean, I didn't look the the, the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> the proof and it's J E L L O. The proof is in the pudding. So Yes. So so bet so what I'm saying as much as I would like to see Cesaro with the United States Championship belt right now as much as I would love for him to win that as much as I would love to see him beat Cena last night or the week before on Raw as much as I would love to see that 1 2 3 count uh I think it's more of a necessity right now that Kevin Owens takes that title. I think that's what the company needs right now. I think they need Kevin Owens to take that title, go claim the Intercontinental belt, number two, and then he takes the Intercontinental belt and sets his sight on on the champion, who's either going to be Seth Rollins or Brock Lesnar. So, you know, I mean, we could see Kevin Owens versus Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. You know, we could see Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins at Survivor Series. We could see, it's very feasible, as strong as they brought Kevin Owens in, as quickly as he went right to main event stat, cause he, but he earned it. You know, if that first match with Cena would have been, uh, if the next match would have been, uh, well, WWE does what they call audibles. They, they, they pull audibles, and if he wasn't delivering, Every time, they wouldn't continue. They'd find another reason. They'd find another way. They'd put Cesaro. Like, okay, well, it's just not what we thought. Sorry. Go have fun in NXT for another six months to a year. But it didn't happen that way. He's delivering on every level. Okay, so it's very feasible. We could see him win the United States Championship belt, the Intercontinental belt, and be in a match for the heavyweight championship belt before this year is over. Easy. Absolute easy. We could see Kevin Owens in a main event title match before 2015 is over. Naturally, without even rushing it. You just make him his next two matches, his next two feuds after Cena. I mean, he's coming up. I mean, they've been running this story. I mean, it's. I guess it's only been like six weeks, right? Um, yeah, it's only been about a month. All right, six because about six weeks now. Uh, so it'll be two, but 
with as much television as we get with Raw, with SmackDown, with the network specials, with pay-per-view eventing every other week. It's, I mean, so they're coming to the end of it. I mean, they had a whole lot of promos. They're going up on their third match, the best of three. Everyone calls it the rubber match. I don't want to call it the rubber match. But that's what it is. So they're getting, we're going to get Cena Owens 3 all within a couple months. One, two, three, tons of promos. Uh, they've carried the story well. They have carried the story well, but they're running out. I, quite frankly, here's another thing. I'm tired of seeing Kevin Owens come out and interrupt the United States Open Challenge. I was actually afraid that he was that we wouldn't get the United States Open Challenge because he just kept coming out and uh, it just interrupting them. So there was a while where we weren't even getting those matches. But it's okay. Now we're getting them. You know, they're the best. They're incredible matches. Cesaro fans are had the matches are great. It is kind of like, well, he's probably not going to lose the belt because he, yet Cena's not going to lose. He's going to go. He has this huge match coming up in a couple weeks. So. I, I want to see United States Open Challenge continue after Owens wins. So if he does win the title, again, I hope he continues the Open Challenge. Or it could be gone. It could be lost. It could be just, go, I mean, you know. Or, hey, here's another reality check. We're talking about John Cena here. It's no guarantee Kevin Owens is going to win. It's no guarantee we're not going to get a four. So, again, Kevin Owens could win. And he could have to re and Cena do his rematch clause the very next night on Raw. So I don't think WWE loves to have like big matches repeat the next night. There's all these cags, rematch clause, everybody happy. Battleground's over. We're on our way to, to SummerSlam. We need to wrap up this story. I don't think we should have Cena Owens 4 at SummerSlam. We need some new stories. We need to we need to start new stories. We need to start building towards WrestleMania. We need to start like shaping some things up towards putting some new directions in. All right, it's time for some new blood. I I don't want SummerSlam, which is next month, okay? I don't want SummerSlam to be a bunch of the same matches from Battleground. I know they're on the Heat Wave tour, right? I just I want it, Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt could probably carry over. But I, who's to say that's even going to happen? I mean, that could be another one-off match. You know, so. All right. So, all right. So we can, um, we can move on here. We'll just, God, I'm just going on. All right. So the I'm just going to. All right. All right. Let's do. Um. Do we have to talk about Raw, man? Let's just talk about a couple things. All right, the Raw Recappuccino. Uh, again, it is the Raw Recappuccino, so it means I take the hottest, bubbly, most caffeinated parts of Monday Night Raw, and I put them in the Raw Recappuccino. Um, so really, there's not a lot to talk about this week. It was okay. So the opening with Heyman and Lesnar, another mild week of, you know, okay, whatever. This is just, it's a lesnar Heyman. um, same thing we saw two weeks ago, just a mild opening promo from him for kind of no reason. So it just, you know. And then you had Big Show right back with Miz annoying at ringside with his own common team, Bella, Bree, Paige. Um, okay, so, hey, uh, I actually heard that uh, – I heard Charlotte – This is, it is rumored that Charlotte Flair is penciled in to debut at SummerSlam. Um, maybe to join Team Page with another potentially NXT uh, star, so uh, potential NXT star. So that is 
Well, I know it's like, when is this going to happen? Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. Roman Reigns versus Sheamus, which was okay. It was all right. Fun match. You had a fake Bray Wyatt, and you had a... Then you had Randy Orton come out with an RKO. So, um, again, I, I record here in Studio H at Cumulus Radio, Kansas City. And across the hall in Studio I is the Spanish announce table, who I was talking about a minute ago. And one of the co-hosts of that show, Captain Awesome, just walked in the room. And uh, he just walked up to the microphone. Let's see what uh, what he's got to say. Hello, Mr. Awesome. Hi. Hi. Sorry, I was coming over to see what's going on over here. Oh, man. Uh, you having a good wrestling discussion? Yeah, yeah. I just got done going off for a long time about uh, Kevin Owens going oh. for the Intercontinental title after the it's United States. Title. Right, because like just without even a match. So you, think with, he's not gonna, you think he's going to win this US title? No, okay, okay, this is what I think they should do. I think okay. he should win the United States championship yeah. belt, and then he goes after the Intercontinental championship. He goes, immediately goes after Ryback. Like he's not even waiting. Yeah, his, just, his just next step. Him. Because what that does after Brian drops a title, you know, they, that was meant to, that is the number two belt, and it should. Yeah. And it's Ryback's not going to put, he's not. Never. And so all Kevin Owens has to do is say, you're next. And automatically that becomes the number two belt again. Yeah. Like, I like that. He doesn't even have to have a match yet. He can just, just the build to the match. Yeah. Just so, him so saying. So what do you do with the U.S. title after that? Uh, Cesaro. Cesaro. I like that idea. And so, we discussed having Cesaro. Now that Tyson Kidd is probably never going to wrestle again. Oh, that's right. I started um, my show with God. Uh, he should take the Brass Ring Club and make it a faction. That, wow. That he should lead. Yeah. And walk the line of heel and face, but be that, hey, we're the Brass Ring Club. You said you're waiting for somebody to grab that Brass Ring. I'm doing it. My brass ring club with me. Three or four guys. Who would you put in it? We discussed. Uh, Again, this is a Spanish announce chat, but you can check them out on the trending topics. Oh, oh, T-Max, final decision on this. I let him have it. Okay. Uh, he would have Neville in it as like your, ah. almost as, almost as a. Uh, wow. And so would they be PG wearing Black suits? was in the Nexus uh, when he was uh, with Justin Gabriel. Would they be yeah. wearing suits? I don't know about that. I don't know how all that particulars. We were just now you have to do people. this without making it TNA. Yeah. We were just determining the people, right? The okay. brass ring club. Neville. Mm-hmm. Sami Zayn. Well, he's not even going to be around till next year. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we rethink somebody else. Uh, and the muscle, <laughs> Titus O'Neil. Oh, just drop primetime players. Yeah. Titus O'Neil is ready, man. He was. Re- I don't know. They didn't have to put him repackage him back into primetime player. I mean, they. Yeah. No, I think they put the belts on primetime players just to push Titus yeah. O'Neil, but that's the wrong way to do it. Yeah, I think maybe Titus O'Neil could stay on his own. I think he could right now. Yeah. I, think I think he, he should could do right it now soon. And be challenging before he, like a good. He could be a great intercontinental champion right now. Titus O'Neil. I think. Well, he should start or with the United title. States. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he take. Yeah. You mean a heel? I mean, okay. So are they going to have him turn on Darren Young oh again God. and go heel again? Why not? I mean, it's I mean, a good just, heel tactic. Be like, hey, it's a, yeah, but they already did it. This nerd. They, you know what I mean? they didn't <laughs> even put him back yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll get back over here. We're, we're getting ready to answer listener emails. Rob's so, pretty. Yeah. Uh, Rob's pretty. Uh, yeah. It was rough. I mean, yeah. It's I'm. It's about a three second raw recappuccino. Yeah. Raw was not a whole lot of meat on the bone. No. So um, I'm probably just gonna tell him Bo Dallas is underused, and then um, maybe I'll talk about Lana for a second. Yeah. Then I'm gonna play my Donovan Dijak Ring of Honor interview for you him. You already did it. Well, I'm gonna play it for him at the end. Okay. I do always just talk yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah, we always we record ours first because we can't tell somebody. Oh, I recorded it uh, about a week and a half ago. Yeah. And then yeah. I ended up getting What uh, is she again? What, I, what? What? Who is she? Donovan Dijak? Yeah. Did you say she? Yeah. Oh, Donovan. You said Donna. He, he's a wrestler Donna. for Ring of Honor. 
You're a pro wrestling podcast. Man, Honor, I, I said this over there on my show too. That, uh, what? I was bored by it. And this week, I get bored by it. Well, the show wasn't sub, but I mean, come on. We really got like the build best. for Jay Lethal and and the Briscoe. Briscoe yeah, one. You know what I like is how uh, little they even. Not built Briscoe two, but Briscoe one in their um, in their hour long shows. I mean, even with the pay per view coming up, yeah, they just have their shows. They do a quick promo. Yeah. You don't. You get a nice variety of the talent every week. You're not yeah. seeing the same people That's every week. True. Yeah, um, I just I can't. I don't know. But they're going to look at that. I mean, they see the same episodes we do. So if we, you know that is this week was probably the the least exciting week yeah, of Ring of can't Honor. Be a homer. Yeah. Um, I get that. So this is probably the least exciting week since they've been on Destination America. And that's what cuz again, yeah. listening at home, we're in Kansas City. We haven't had Ring of Honor on just regular TV on a yeah, weekly no. basis. No, until... I had Access TV for a while when I had AT&T, I think. Yeah. But then I got Time Warner and they didn't have it or something like that. I can't remember. So, yeah. 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 Well, well I don't know. But you would have Donovan. To, Donovan Dijak. He Dijak. was in the opening card at best. Donovan Dijak. Uh, Dijak. <laughs> Donovan Dijak. I was like, oh, you got like a, a ROH executive or something. No, it's, uh, he's, he was in the opening card at Best in the World. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, with Mark Briscoe. Right. I know what you're talking about. Then. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, in uh, the House of Car- House right. of Truth. Did I say cards? House I'm of so Truth. Truth. He's in the House of Truth. Younger guy uh, you know, in the, the business. The thing that sticks so. out to me about ROH is, is that's where I discovered Austin Aries when I was watching back when I had it on Access TV. I was like, man, this guy's really good. Yeah. And the the Kings of Wrestling at the time. I Look, was like, These Raw guys was really good. bad this week. I, will you tell them uh, your theory? I haven't touched it. I don't want to talk about TNA anymore because I'm not even – I didn't even DVR it. Oh, Fiegel Okay, so uh, – because I haven't really been talking about it much. <sighs> well, um, T-Mac suggested TNA do something. TNA suggests T-Mac on the Spanish announce table suggests that TNA do something like this. Yeah, my co-host. And then we stumbled across all this stuff lately happening with GFW and TNA, and we think this they actually were doing this, unbeknownst to us, that they're rebranding themselves without coming out and saying they're rebranding themselves. As Global Force Wrestling. As Global Force Wrestling. And you believe that... Because T-Mac said they should go away, fix their stuff, come back as a different company. So different look, different name, different everything. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Pet detective. Right. So, you th- and you guys are saying and claiming that and believe that this whole I, thing. It, it's scary. Every time I'm watching this, I'm like, man, T Mac might be right. So like, everything Jeff Jarrett we're, has we're done. Truthers. <laughs> everything Jeff Jarrett yeah. has done since leaving TNA, yeah. including leaving TNA mm-hmm. and starting Global Force uh-huh. Wrestling. Is a plan he created so with TNA. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, they were like, "He's just he's on bad terms with the company. He's leaving." But yet, he maintains eleven percent like ownership or something. It's like yeah. a weird. Everybody was. On, is he still part ownership? Yeah, right yeah. Now? He owns like he has an owner ownership interest in TNA. Yeah, not a whole lot. So you think some. Global Force Wrestling is TNA? I think so. I think Finkel is Einhorn. Like, and there is it's the same thing. I think so. And they're gonna win some feud. Uh, yeah, and become TNA. But or the truth is. GFW. It become right, GFW, right. but the truth is, it's still TNA with a different it's just name. It's TNA with a different name because they're trying to wash off the TNA stink. I don't think I. See, it's a stretch. It sounds weird. It sounds weird. But man, as more and more happens, I'm like, man, T Max. I just, man. you know, okay. Now, if you say it's from the beginning, then I uh-huh. say, good God. That's a right? long. Th- That's yeah. a long thing. And we're talking about Jeff Jarrett here. Now, <laughs> like, you but know if I mean? you Forgive told me that Jeff Jarrett was legitimately trying to start a new company because TNA just got washed down so bad, he's like, forget Seems this. Seems a lot more believable. And then they called him and with pro- 
you know, again, this proposition. Um, that sounds very like because they did try to work I would, with ROH. I would say it's a mistake because their their TNA executive did announce on a Q and A this week that that they reached out to ROH to work together and ROH said no, we're not interested. So maybe TNA they were like, reached yeah. out. So maybe they were like, hey, GFW, let's work together. And he was like, maybe you know what I mean. Yeah. See, I think it's a mistake. I think he was. I the only excitement I had about that was uh-huh. it wasn't he and yeah, uh-huh. and now it's it's and this now whole bastardized mixed product now. Yeah, and yeah. I don't like it, and I think it's yep. it's gonna hurt. Hey, look, you know what I would prefer though. You know what I would prefer is a solid number two who has that the same way the major league baseball has the minor league system. I want that number two to have that. I want them to have some people that are up and coming and are going to be great and some people that maybe no longer fit in the top of the top, but they still can be amazing things. You know what I mean? So you got people coming up, you got people going down in their careers, right? It's a great mix for a number two organization. I think some of that talent is in TNA and they don't know how to use them properly. So seeing some TNA talent over there in GFW is fine with me. Seeing Bobby Roode, James Thorne, Magnus, those people over there, I'm like, good. Maybe they can do something with them. You know what I mean? Which kind of why I was excited when Billy Corgan started working TNA because maybe yeah, he could but then do you saw this, and that's I don't what... mind the way they've done EC3, and I liked until they rushed the train idea. The James Storm Magnus storyline was was decent, but then they rushed that train thing and it came all weird. Um, they got some hella good talent. I just don't think they've been able to really do something with it. I think it's I think Jeff Jarrett associate if he was really trying to start his own company. Let's say uh-huh, okay, yeah. let's. Let's say he was really trying to start his own company. Now, right. the Finkel is Einhorn thing could still be a thing even if it wasn't from the beginning. True. Yeah, okay? it could. Yeah, that's true. So even if not it was, mutually exclusive. So if it wasn't right. the plan from the beginning and it is just him going, ugh, okay. All right. Like, and there probably is an ugh behind it. I think it's yeah, a Yeah, maybe mistake. it's like, let's merge. And he's like, ugh, oh, I get a lot of talent this way and it'll help my business. I think it's a it, and, and in two years, I can fire these people. I'm disinterested. You know what I mean? Like... But again, yeah. I'm kind of disinterested with Jeff Jarrett's whole booking idea and his wrestling uh, psychologies and theories. Anyways, yeah, it's never they're, been. Good. They're outdated. They're very. Like he created the King of the Mountain and the Reverse Redneck Fucking prone. Battle Royal. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, he tries really hard. Did you see the Reverse Battle Royal? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I mean, you know, unfortunately, the precipice of that idea is not bad. If you're watching it and rewind, if I said, <laughs> if I said, let's say we had a segment right and it's raw. Or let's just say it's NXT. I'd rather watch Royal Rumble 1 and this? rewind. Let's say it's NXT, right? And Triple H is in the back and everybody's back there, right? And he goes, hey, man, uh, Finn Balor just got injured, you know, broke his leg. He'll be out a year. The NXT title's literally laying in the middle of the NXT ring. First person that gets in that ring and gets it is going to be the NXT champion. And he turns around and he's like, oh, uh, that starts right now. And just walks off. And then you just see everybody fighting and clawing their way to the ring to get in there and grab the title. That's a good idea. So the precipice of the reverse battle royal makes sense. Or you could say, so how you work that is, I'm going to give the NXT title to whoever wins this battle royal. There's 40 of you. I don't know which 20 to do. It's unfair for me to pick it. The first 20 of you that make it I think Zack Ryder, you know Ryder I mean? would fall from the ceiling faster than right. Owen Hart yeah. to get that belt. Yeah, oh, my God. That's <laughs> no, but you say, like, to the 40, you're like, so the first 20 of you that get in that ring... By hook or by crook, you're in it. Who wants it? Yeah. And then just now, and then you see him fight. And so the first 20, then you have a battle royal. That's not even really a reverse battle royal. That's a, that's a, uh, what <laughs> do you do? Because it's a reverse battle royal, then it's a battle royal. So it's like a, it's a timepiece. I don't know, man. Fuck it. I got to get out of here and finish my show, man. But this has been great. I like this. Yeah, I liked here. it. Thanks yeah. for the stop. I think, I'm you know what? Some candy and I think I'm show. just going to, I mean, 
We're always bad this week. I'm going to talk yeah. about Lana next week. Yeah. That's why I like our bit. tweet the table. It, it, it lets you know, people tell us what to talk about. So yeah. They didn't like it. They're not going to talk about it, and we'll have something else to talk about. So Nice. You have a good show over here, man. Thanks, man. Yes, talk. Yeah. yeah. Woo-hoo. All right. Um, raw. I mean, yeah. All right. All right. This is the yes talk. Um, again, I have a, I have a, I don't always get interviews. I don't always search for them. But uh, it was actually a fun way. This uh, Donovan Dijak. He's a he's in the House of Truth and Ring of Honor. Uh, great interview. A lot of fun to talk to him. I just saw him on Twitter. He's such a good heel. Actually, he had somebody trashing him on Twitter, and I was saw. I just jumped in, in the midst of this. Somebody trashed him. He said something in return, and I Donovan responded, and I just said, "Is this a good time to ask for an interview?" And he's like, "Sure, email me at this." I'm like, "Sweet, all right." So, uh, last week uh, I got to uh, interview uh, Jeff Atkin from uh, from the new. Uh, Paragon Pro Wrestling, which just debuted on Pop TV, so it's a anything new is great. So uh, go last week; it's a, a lot of fun. The interview was really, really good. The interview was really good. Um, I had Del the Wilkes Patriot. We've had before that Rob Schamberger, the official WWE artist. Before that, he actually had the privilege of painting the Ultimate Warrior's last coat he wore that on Raw after Mania. It was, I mean, it's a gr- that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Funny guy. Really fun. Great stories, um, just how he got started, everything. And so Donovan Dijak, I always record here in the studio, but his time schedule wouldn't allow him to do a call-in during while I'm in the studio. So what happened is I found a way to record him at home, um, and unfortunately, he sounds great. He sound. It's like you know how usually when an, it's a, a podcast interview, somebody the guest sounds like they're on the phone. Well, this time I sound like I'm on the phone. But luckily, Donovan does the majority of the talking. It is an interview, uh, so he does the majority of the talking. So, but this time I do sound like I'm on the phone. Usually, my interviews are really clean, very clear. It's all done in the studio. Um, so, but again, I I got it. I talked to him. It was a great conversation. But yeah, I do sound a little phony on the not like oh he's a phony, but just like I'm on a telephone. I sound telephony. He sounds telephony. So all right. Um, so he talks Ring of Honor. Donovan Dijak again. He talks uh, about the merge to Destination America. Talks DNA a little bit. Um, uh, and it's just a lot of cool stuff. So enjoy. I'll be back to say goodnight. This is uh, my interview with Donovan Dijak. Hey, what's going on? Uh, I am here with uh, Donovan Dijak of Ring of Honor. It is an absolute pleasure uh, to have you on the phone. Thank you so much for calling in. How have you been? Oh, I've been just dandy. How are you? I'm great. Um, I'm really good. We're actually closing on a house this week, so I know you. When you said, "Can you do Thursday?" I was like, "Oh God, I I hope." Let me. So I'm glad this worked. Um, <laughs> well, congratulations. Um, hey, thanks. Uh, I didn't know if we were going to be moving or not, but uh, I'm, I'm glad it worked out for this week. Um, okay, so uh, when uh, how when did you first get into professional wrestling? When did I first get into it, like into the business, or when did I start watching? No, when did you start watching it? Were you 12? Is that what I heard? Yeah, yeah, I was about 12 years old. Um, So that was 1999-ish, maybe 98, tail end of 98. Um, My brother started watching it, um, so I just kind of 
up until that point, I just kind of did whatever he did. So, so I started watching it too. Um, it was a good, probably four or five years there where I, where I watched, uh, at least the, the WWF slash E product pretty religiously. Um, and that brought me right up until high school. Um, high school is when it started to tape off because Monday nights sort of became like basketball practice nights. So, so you started yeah, watching that- in in the middle of the Monday Night Wars. Yep, yep, that's pretty accurate, yeah. And I, I was not really at war because I didn't watch WCW whatsoever. You weren't watching Nitro at the time? No, I, I think the first episode of Nitro I ever saw was probably um, probably the episode where uh, where Shane McMahon was on it, <laughs> the, the final episode. <laughs> The last episode. Hey, Shane McMahon's yeah. gonna be on it. Better watch. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, pretty much. Right. You... Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, um, I, I don't even think I knew what what channel uh, WCW was on at the time. At the time, I was kind of going behind my parents' back to watch wrestling. They didn't really like it, so they didn't really let me watch it. And, and granted, at the time, that was, I mean, for a small window there, that was kind of. Um, understandable it wasn't really a kid's product from about 1998 to what 2006 ish uh yes so yeah they definitely went with the attitude yeah yeah so um, it definitely changed a little bit um but by the time you started watching uh, especially even in nitro i mean the goldberg streak was probably over if not just ending and so a lot of the really fun stuff that carried that product i think was probably starting to simmer down a little bit for wcw at that time anyways yeah and since then i've certainly gone back and watched a lot of it so so i'm pretty familiar (laughs) with it i just happen to not watch it live as a as a kid sure okay so you started watching wrestling when you were 12 about uh 98, 99, so you were born right in mid-80s, about 86, 87. What TV shows did you enjoy growing up as a kid, aside from the wrestling? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> what did I watch as a kid? I remember a lot of, um, it was like a young, young kid. It was like Barney and Sesame Street, but uh, <laughs> I think it's like more of a, like a six, seven, eight-year-old, I'm, I'm guessing that's kind of the, the range you're looking at. I, I watched, um, God, I, I, like Spider-Man, uh, Batman, I, I watched a lot of. We, basically, oh, I, I lived, basically, I lived with my, um, with my parents and my, my grandparents kind of um, split, you know, they would uh, take care of me in the afternoons and stuff while my parents were still at work or whatever. And neither of them had cable, so I kind of just watched whatever was on, like the, the, uh, you know, like the old antennas or whatever that that thing, and you get like five channels the ra- or whatever. The, the <laughs> rabbit like, ears, <laughs> right? So I got like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, um, and like it was like the WB at the time and UPN. Those those are the channels that I got. Uh, so really, I, I didn't have a ton of choices. But um, yeah, so so I guess like cartoons were, were were sort of what I watched mostly as a kid. And you got into sports. You you're, you you've always played a lot of sports. I know you played football. You've taught uh, uh, girls basketball. Was that high school or college? Or am I wrong on that? I did. Yeah, 
I um I was a uh, high school girls basketball coach uh, after I graduated from college for about three years. I also helped out with uh, I also helped out with a um, with a, a boys youth AAU team. So see, I did a little bit of um, basketball coaching uh, before uh, wrestling really picked up for me. So you were always in the you were you grew up playing sports as well. Did you play a lot of basketball or football as a younger, younger guy too? I imagine before you got into it as a yeah as a yeah younger. yeah I played basketball my whole life ever ever since I I could basically as a little kid, um, and then football I I couldn't until I was uh, until I was uh, my freshman year of high school. So that was about fifteen years old maybe late 14 years old. So, um, and then I played football for about nine seasons. Yeah. Four, four in high school and then five in, in college. So yeah, all the way through 2009, I guess, 2001 to 2009, pretty much. And how old were you when you got into professional wrestling as far as Uh, training? Yeah, I started training when I was 25, I think, uh, 2012. Okay. So, yeah, 25. So, you started training in 2012, and you had your Ring of Honor debut in 2014? That's correct, yes. Man, that's a, I mean, that's a quick step, right? I mean, that's, I mean, so you, you, how long did you train before you started working the indies? Before um, you started working any show? That progression was actually a little slower, I mean, relatively speaking. Uh, so so I started training. first time I stepped in a pro wrestling ring was, uh, I think, September or October of 2012. And then my first match, I, I progressed pretty quickly. I was probably ready for matches around April of 2013. So I had, like, one spot spot appearance on a show where I wrestled, like, a like a, a quick five minute match in front of an, um, an unpaid crowd. It was just like a festival type thing. And then after that, I kind of, um, I didn't mean, kind of, I, I tore my, my right pec, uh, at a, uh, at a, um, a seminar. So, so I was actually, um, on the shelf for about a month there. And th- that was actually right before my, uh, my tryout down in, in Florida for WWE. So, um, so that was poor timing. Um, uh, so did you not get to have your tryout, your first tryout? I, I did. Try, I, I tried out with with the injury. But, you know, I, I I did a lot of um, kind of recovery type uh, rehabilitation stuff. Um, I I was trying like these uh, these new. Um, I don't even know what it's, it's called, like ARP wave or something. I, Basically, I, I paid a lot of money to, to, to try to get my my uh, my muscle uh, rejuvenated as, as quickly as possible, obviously without using any sort of performance-enhancing drug or anything. Um, so it, I'd, I'd say it was about 75% of the time of the tryout. Uh, it was still so a when lot was of that, pain. And when that, was that, that WWE tryout? tryout? Yeah, that yeah was when was that tryout? June. It was June of... Uh, 2014, no, not 14, 13, 2013, June of 
It was, it was okay, the, so, the final tryout that they had at FCW, actually. So how did you come about that tryout? Like, you know, you always hear people getting these tryouts, and it seems like you would have been perfect at that time, especially with your size, because WWE, uh, it seems they really like to get people green and train them to their standards, to their likings. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's 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 sort of the the idea for them sometimes. Um, I got that tryout basically just by kind of sending emails. <laughs> I, I got professional pictures taken. Um, basically, I sent out emails to every contact that I could get. Um, I ended up hearing back. Uh, actually, it, it was kind of set up through uh, 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 Jerry Briscoe, who still does some okay. recruiting for him or for them, excuse me. Um, so I think he no word for me because he, he liked my look or something. Um, so, which he actually does with a lot of uh, amateur wrestlers. He scouts a lot of amateur events. Um, I'm I'm not an amateur wrestler. I just happened to send a, an email or a Facebook message to him or something that he happened to see. Uh, so that all kind of got set up, you know, relatively quickly. I, I I sent out those emails in uh, December or January, so I, I'd only been training for like two or three months. Um, so yeah, I went down there. They they told me to gain a bunch of weight, which I did. Um, at the at the time, I wasn't um, I wasn't uh, I, to me I, I didn't appear in the best physical shape. I was kind of just listening to what what they told me to do. I was probably about 280 yeah. pounds at the time. You know, I figured they just wanted a, a bigger guy. Right, right now I'm about two, 260, 265, something like that. And I, I feel like aesthetically anyway, I look a lot better. But, um, uh, yeah, so, so I you're six seven. And, uh, you're 6'7". So, I mean, that's... Right, right. yeah. So... So I think I think the idea more so the, the the tryout that I was at was full of guys who had never wrestled before. They were just uh, kind of Olympic or amateur wrestlers. Um, so the, they they ended up picking a, a a couple or a few of those guys to developmental contracts. I think I think with me, the thought process was probably more like that they just wanted me to 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 get more experience. Like I had already sort of started the the initiative and shown that. Um, that I wanted to, you know, actually do pro wrestling. So, um, so I think their, their thought process with me was probably more like along the lines of, uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll what he does in the, the world of indie pro wrestling first. Cause I had already sort of started down that path as opposed to a lot of the other guys who they signed, who just kind of, you know, they were, um, obviously, you know, way more accomplished athletes than I was beforehand. So I guess they were more of the, the blue chip type recruits that they could just kind of start in their own system right away. If I, if I had to guess, you know, you really don't get much feedback other than like no or yes. So, so those are kind of my guesses. Just no or yes. So that door, that door seems like it's still a possibility. It's still, it's still an open door for the future for you. It seems. Uh, yeah, I, I never got any sort of email that says like, no, you will never work for this company or anything like that. So yeah, I, I, th- I think they're, they pretty much have an open door with, with most people. I mean, if you, if you're good, then, then that's who they want as, as far as I can tell. Or I mean, if you, if you fit some sort of, uh, uh, whatever they're looking for at the time, you know, if you, if they need a guy who speaks Japanese or something, then they're going to, you know, pick up a guy who speaks Japanese, but 
it's it's whatever they're looking for at the time. So their their door is pretty much always open for everyone, and they're they're a very forgiving company, as as you, as most people can tell from from some of the people who who they've uh, you know who they've picked up after uh, messy breakups and stuff like that. Uh, so you uh, shortly after that you ended up in Ring of Honor. What opened that door for you to Ring of Honor? Uh, that would be the tryout camps for Ring of Honor. Uh, they they um, they they really pushed the trial camps at at the time it was a lot difficult it was a lot more difficult for them because the the underlying sentiment amongst uh indie wrestlers was that the the trial camp is like a work and that they're uh you know that they're they're not really tryouts they're just trying to get money to people um do they I charge experience of wrestlers to try out yes they do um and that's the thing in that comedy as well you know that's the thing in comedy as well. You know, I stand up for a long time and they always charge comedians submission fees to submit to festivals and competitions and stuff like that. So it's a pretty yeah. standard practice, I think, no matter what you're in. Yeah. And this, this is actually a little different. Um, like, uh, like the, uh, they, uh, they, they charge you. Yes, but it, it's, it's a trial slash seminar. So there's actually nine or 10, coaches there who know so much about pro wrestling that are giving you feedback the entire time. And they always ask at the end of the camp, like, did everyone feel like they got their money's worth? And, and everybody always says, yes. I mean, it, it's really not only an opportunity to get in front of, you know, ring of honor executives, but it's also like a great learning opportunity. I, I went to, uh, let's see, I went to one when I was only 10 months in. So that was, I think August, of 2013 so okay. i went i went to one and obviously that that didn't you know they, they got a look at me and i got on their radar basically but i was only 10 months in at the time so so i wasn't exactly like blowing doors off the hinges or anything like that but um but from that camp i actually learned so much that it you know it, it got me to to know like what I needed to do and where I needed to go and things like that. And then I think I went to the next one probably five or six months after that. And that was, um, that was the, the ring of honor slash new Japan, uh, camp. So there was actually a lot of the new Japan guys there. And that was only a, a one day camp Which, or something. And that's the one, that's the one where I really, um, where, uh, you know, th that's where they started to, to see some potential there. And I got booked for future of honor two there. And so I did the future of honor two. And, and after that, it was just persistency, you know, keep sending emails, keep showing up to, I think I went to another, I don't know if I went to another camp, but I went to another seminar, um, at the school and, uh, uh, you know, I kept showing up to ring crew and, and things like that and just showing up, hoping for an opportunity. And finally, um, I think the final one I went to was final battle of last year. That was at terminal five. Um, so I went there, I helped out with the ring crew. And, and shortly after that, I, I got the notice that I was going to be in the top prospect tournament. And that's obviously where everybody, you know, got to, to, to see the, the, the progression and, and things like that. Okay. I think ring of honor has a got, this is a great time to be with ring of honor. I would imagine a, a huge move to Destination America, uh, which means that you guys have 
got gained a lot of new viewers. Like I know myself, I live in Kansas City. This is the first time I've ever been able to sit down and watch Ring of Honor on a weekly basis. And I know just myself telling friends, hey, you got it. this is incredible. Like, I know Ring of Honor is getting a lot of new eyes right now, and they're doing a lot of great things with it. Um, so, Mick, can you raise some of the newer fans? Can you go over the top prospect tournament? Uh, exact, maybe break that down a little bit for them? So the the, uh, the top prospect tournament is basically um, what what Ring of Honor deems the, the, the eight guys that, that they feel um, uh I don't know, can be contributors to, to their company. Uh, by definition, it is a top prospect and for them anyway. You know, they don't necessarily sure. take like the the top. Uh, I, I think fans get confused about this too. It's not it's not like a fan's choice, like like the eight guys who we want to be in Ring of Honor. It's it's almost like the eight guys who want to be in Ring of Honor the most, if that makes sense. Yeah, because it, they they get the whole field basically from the tryout camp. So you, so you really have to, to show a, a, a dedication to, to getting into this particular company, not just, you know, being good overall, because we, we could all list the, the eight guys that, that we'd love to see in ring of honor. But you know, if those guys, if, if ring of honor isn't their goal, then, then I don't think ring of honor wants them to be there really, <laughs> realistically speaking, because, you know, we, we need guys who, who, who want to work for this company. And yeah, you know, the, some of the contracts that you can work for other companies and that's, that's fine. But, um, but the idea, you know, especially with the, with the television product, I think the idea is that, um, that you really be committed to, to putting on the best show for, for, for this particular company. Um, so the, the top prospect tournament is basically eight of those guys. And then it's a, a, a bracket style tournament. You know, you win, you go on three rounds and then, uh, the winner of the tournament gets, um, I don't think the winner of the tournament gets a, a guaranteed contract. There's, there've been uh, uh, four winners now, and we've all been from New England, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, and we've all ended up getting contracts. I don't, I don't think that's like the, it's not like tough enough where you win and you get a contract. You, you still have to earn it from that point on. But um, you definitely. But it's not get like a, tough a enough because you were already you were already wrestling for them. So that on that note, it's also not like tough enough because you were already wrestling for the company. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're kind of, um, sort of a baptism by fire type thing where your, your first match and your first, uh, quote unquote tryout, so to speak is, uh, a live television event. So, so yeah, that's, it's, um, it's kind of a, an interesting way to, to test people, but, um, the, the ultimate prize at, at the end of the top prospect competition is the, you get a TV title opportunity. I think that's, I don't know if that's always been the case, but it's it, it was definitely the, the the prize this year for for winning, which ironically I didn't take. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, okay. Was, so um, that was uh, the, uh, the the episode from I don't know the number, but we taped it in Baltimore. That's the episode where I I joined the the House of Truth instead because Lethal came out for the. Uh, for the match that I was guaranteed, which was the TV title match. And then they offered me to join the house of truth instead. I did. And that's when Dalton castle made his, his, uh, his elaborate entrance <laughs> and took the TV title opportunity instead. He was really fun to watch by the way, Dalton castle. I do. He is, he's kind of a hoot in the, to the whole performance with the, the peacocks at the ringside. It's, it's kind of a fun, 
it's a, it's a fun gimmick to watch. But I mean, so the, the, the house of truth for you, um, having only wrestled and trained for a couple of years, getting in with house of truth that had to have been probably better than getting the TV title at that point. It, when you look longevity, I mean, as far as like a learning experience and just the knowledge that you're getting being with, with that, with the house, with the truth and with, I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, uh, looking back, it's it's definitely um, been so helpful to my career. I mean, I, I can't I can't say enough about everything that I get from from everybody in the in the faction. It it, it really is um, beyond just the the, the storyline sort of rub that it gives you. Just being around those two guys as we get to you know. Um, talk in the back and, and just being around their presence while they're out there. It's, it's really, uh, really a, a fortunate experience for me. And I'm incredibly lucky, especially this early in my career to, to be a part of it. Uh, absolutely. And congratulations for that. So again, uh, ring of honor, huge move to destination America. My first question on that is, do you have destination America? I do. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, my, my cable services, terrible but we, we do <laughs> we do get it here yeah unfortunately because uh, i work most uh most wednesday nights oh yeah man see and that's a question uh i guess while we're here wednesday nights uh, has just become like do you think i mean with ring of honor tna lucha underground and nxt is that too much for one night because nobody is able to watch the original broadcast, but does that matter anymore? It's almost like Netflix when they release an entire season and then uh, and then binge watching, right? So, it, what do you, do you think? It's too much for one night. It's just kind of like they release everything all at the same time. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's. Um, I think. I think it's both good and bad. Um, like if, if if I had to pick, I would have them all. I think it's great that it's all on night. I think that's fantastic because it's your like kind of one stop shop for for the the hardcore indie pro wrestling fan who wants to see that that's you know type of style. Like m- most most pro wrestling fans don't even know it exists to be honest. They they watch Monday Night Raw and maybe SmackDown and that's it. And they probably that's don't it. even turn on. They probably don't you know they're probably watching you know reruns of King of Queens on Wednesday night or whatever. But um. <laughs> But uh, in I t- terms of I know, talk about that. Want... Few... Go, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say oh, I okay. talk about that a few a few weeks ago that there are professional wrestling fans who only watch WWE. There's professionally there's professional wrestling fans who watch everything except WWE, and then you do get some who watch everything, as myself. Right. Yeah. Um, but most pro wrestling fans only watch WWE. That's that's the the catch of it all is, you know, the, I don't know what the numbers are, but probably something like 95% of, of pro wrestling fans are probably just like, you know, normal kids and adults who just kind of turn it on Monday nights and that's it. And then they go on with their lives. Um, it's, it's the people who are really invested in it, who, who really love these, these Wednesday, Wednesday night sort of blocks. Um, I don't know exactly how they, they flow, but I know, you know, I know NXT is on the network, so you can kind of watch that on demand whenever. I don't, I don't know that people necessarily 
see that as a as a live sort of thing, especially since it's not on TV per se. It's just kind of on your laptop or whatever, your Netflix Roku thing that you happen to be watching. So that, that to me doesn't seem like um, direct, direct competition. Although I, I think people probably, I, I'm, I'm sure we still lose viewers to it. Um, who, who else is on it? I, I know TNA is after. After you. Uh, and then you get Lucha Underground. And then you get Lucha Underground on El Rey, which is seven o'clock. Same yeah. time as you guys. Oh, seven central for so so that's probably where there's a little bit more of a division. I'm sure, if the people really you know, because most of the fans who are watching this stuff anyway are, are kind of hardcore wrestling fans, so they're probably DVRing both. That being said, yeah. you know, there's only so much time in a night, so you, you there's probably some people who have to pick one or the other. Um, fortunately for us, with the move, we're we're in a lot, uh, not a lot, but probably twice as many homes as as. Um, the, the El Rey network, I think, from the numbers that I looked at. So uh, who knows if they're moving to a to a different station or whatever. So, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's cool that it's all on one night. I mean, if, if I could handpick, and obviously I'm not a TV executive or anything, I, I would prefer it be like 7, 8, 9, 10, something like that, so you can just watch all of them straight through, uh, which might be just a little... Just 7 to midnight. But, yeah, some, you know, something like that where, you know, because I, I think that, that benefits, you know, to me, I don't, I think it's good and bad when there's stuff going up against one another because it, it, it forces us to, you know, say, okay, you know, we need to be better than the next Y and Z because we need more people to watch us. So there's that competition aspect. But I mean, this, this level that, that, that we're talking about right now, I, you know, it's not like we need much more motivation. You know, we all love professional wrestling so much that we're all going out there no matter what the show is and putting on a hundred percent effort. So, so from, from that standpoint, I mean, maybe it's more like the, 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 the production value that maybe goes head to head with one another. But, but um, <clears throat> for me, I, I, th- I think it would be awesome if we could get like a, like a block that just kind of goes um, in a row. But that being said, you know, I, I think the Wednesday I think is, is, is really cool. And, and I, I hope and know that it's, it's, you know, picking up steam as, as we kind of chug along. Well, you, one thing you had said is you, you feel people don't look at NXT as a live thing because it's on uh, this on demand network, but the destination America airing for ring of honor is actually the second airing of that program. Correct. Um, yeah, I know we air on Sinclair stations over the weekend. Um, all of it's taped. I mean, nothing, nothing goes on live unless it's one of those NXT live events. Uh, so you're all kind of picking and choosing and read all the spoilers online or whatever, but, um, sure. Well, yeah, so my question know. is, my, my question is, is there talks of ring of honor having a second television show specifically for the destination America viewers or potentially getting a live show? I have no idea. You are talking to absolutely the wrong person to get information like that. Um, and not, not to say that there's anyone else who does know, because I, I, I think the general consensus among the locker room is that um, we find out stuff when, when you guys find it out. You know, I, I didn't, the, the first time I find, I found out about destination America was when they tweeted about it. You know, <laughs> it's not like we have some sort of inside scoop, you know, and, 
the, the, the production of the, the television show that we, we don't have much to do with it. I mean, we, we, we get emails afterwards saying, you know, this, that, and the other, but, um, in terms of the, the inside scoop, we, we don't have a lot of that information, which is, which is good. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to be put in a position where I got to keep a bunch of secrets because <laughs> I'd be <laughs> That was actually my next question because the news didn't break. Like there was a time, there was like a, almost a whole week, maybe a few days, maybe it was like that Monday even where, or maybe the, the previous Wednesday where the rumors were TNA was getting dropped in September by Destination America. And there was a lot of rumors going around about that. And then right in the middle of those rumors, one week before you guys go on to Destination America at an, at a right before TNA's new start time is when the announcement was made. One week, it wasn't a lot of, it was just, hey, next week, we're going to be on Destination America right before TNA. So you found out the same time the fans did. Yep. Probably later, actually. I was I was at work at the time. <laughs> I, got, I got a text <laughs> you went- from my, I got a, I got a text from my trainer, Brian Fury, who was all excited about it. And I, I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then I looked on my Twitter timeline, which was exploding. And I was like, oh, this is very exciting. That's, is a, what's the general uh, locker room? Can you explain the general locker room feeling about uh, the new being broadcasted on the new station to the new fans? Is there a pretty positive outlook on this? No, no question. Yeah, everybody, everybody in the locker room um, has always been a real positive, sort of upbeat attitude. It's it's really one of, if not the best, locker rooms in pro wrestling. You know, every, everybody really has each other's back and everything like that. And it's 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 a really fun atmosphere to be around. I think this just makes it uh, that much more exciting for everyone because now you know we we have a, a broader audience that we can work for, and we have all these these. Um, these uh these minds and these people who've been around uh you know national television you know their whole lives so they can give you feedback on on what works and what doesn't work so it's it's really a, a positive place to be right now i bet i bet a lot of people are calling it the, the wednesday night war um how do you, i mean do you have friends in tna um not a lot i mean i i recently wrestled eddie edwards and so he's Oh, okay. I don't know if we're friends, but <laughs> we had a we had a great match at Beyond Wrestling. It was a lot of fun. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I I'm not sure I, I like the term Wednesday Night Wars. You know, I, to me now in professional wrestling is a time of more of like working with one another. I don't trying to right. to put anybody else out of business or anything like that. I think I think we all enjoy the fact that there's so much so much wrestling because I think. I think there's a lot of crossover and there's a lot of different companies working with other companies. And it's, it's to me, it's, it's one of the most exciting times in, in the history of professional wrestling. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, your guys' uh, relationship with New Japan right now is incredible. It's so much fun to watch. Uh, but as far as this, the, the Wednesday night, like we're talking about like the war thing, I don't, I, I don't want it to be a war. I don't want TNA to lose their spot, I would like to see this, and this is how I see it. I would like to see the Ring of Honor kind of push TNA to to just do more, to just to be a little bit better. Because what I've seen just in the time of being able to watch it every week, this is the past four weeks, every week, Ring of Honor, 
7 to 8 o'clock is an hour of nonstop action and some of the best matches of the week, not just of Wednesday, but of the week, just every week, nonstop, amazing in-ring action, followed by a 15 to 20-minute promo from EC3 and Kurt Angle. And it's like, I don't see that helping them. So just follow just this constant action with just a bunch of like, WWE formula because that's not what the TNA fans originated as. You know, I feel they strayed. So my hopes, and I think the hopes of a lot of fans, is that you and, and the company, the Ring of Honor company, will push them to to do better, and then we can just get two comfortable, really tight shows, just a solid three-hour block of professional wrestling on Destination America every week. I, nobody wants to see them lose because then we lose. We lose. The fans lose out. It, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, here's here's what you have to balance. Um, and this is what a lot of uh, pro, I, I guess, the, the sort of hardcore uh, pro wrestling fans and actually a lot of the wrestlers, this is the part of it that they, they, they fail to see. And that's that each company has to tailor to a specific group. We all we all want to tailor to everybody, but you know, it's it's hard to explain. Every 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 company exists and has had success for a reason. When I say every company, I'm referring to the the companies that I guess sort of have um, television deals. You know, are, are are sort of the bigger companies at this point. So they each have their own individual sort of uh, niche uh, fan base. Like if 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 I had to sort of generalize, uh, Ring of Honor's history is sort of with just like focused solely on the the in ring action, especially in the early two thousands and mid two thousands. That that was really the the focus. Now with the the television deal, we have to market to a broader audience. So there's you know there's more, not more, but you know the there's more focus on the the uh, the storyline aspect of it and maybe there's not vignettes or anything because we still have our, our roots in in the in-ring product but you, you sort of have to pick and choose how you're going to balance things so so to you and uh, you know to a lot of people um the the, the vignettes with um i i um haven't really seen them but the, the <laughs> as as you described them the, the vignettes with dc3 and uh and kurt angle you know that that appeals to somebody somebody's uh, somebody likes that, <laughs> you know, a lot of people like that, actually, that, that, that sort of stuff appeals to the masses. You know, if, if, uh, if Joe Schmo is flipping through the channels and, and he, you know, he, uh, he stumbles across uh, an in-ring, in-ring promo between those two, that's probably going to capture his attention more so than um, Nakamura and uh, Roderick Strong this week on, on, uh, on Ring of Honor television, because maybe that guy just likes, uh, in, you know, he likes seeing two people talk to one another, and he's never seen pro wrestling before, so he doesn't care about that. You know, so so that's the part of it that everybody has to balance, and and you kind of got to pick and choose your battles, and you got to appease certain people, and some people pay more dollars for for different things on television. So I'm I'm not going to pretend that I know how to market that stuff because I don't. The only thing I know is the the in ring product and and how to you know. Uh, speak and present myself and, and the things that the pro wrestlers know in terms of, of uh, the television aspect, I, I leave that to the, the producers because they're, 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 we're, they're, they and us are trying our hardest to, to appease as many as, 
as many people as we can. Um, and you know, you're never going to make everybody happy, but, um, we're certainly trying. <laughs> well, you say each company has their own audience, their own fan base. They each have their own thing. I absolutely agree with that. And one thing I notice and I really appreciate about the ring of honor product is even though you have the house of truth and you have the, you know, essentially you do have heels or faces, the audience doesn't really cheer on a heel to face level. They cheer for spots. It doesn't matter who the spots are by. They cheer for good spots, good wrestling, uh, which is kind of nice. Does that, um, so even if you are being sold as maybe the heel, if you will, uh, the audience is just if you if you come off and you're doing some really good moves and you're just put, putting the action down in the ring, they're behind you 100. percent And I think yeah. that's, it's it's go ahead. it's um it's something that you really have to balance as a as a, a worker, um, <laughs> and it's difficult. Trust me, because uh, you know you know I just being in the house of truth and, and people not knowing me very well and sort of the way that I present myself, I, I tend to get booed a lot. Um, right now that's kind of a, that's kind of how I'm, I'm trying to, uh, make myself unique. Uh, cause a lot of guys don't get booed. <laughs> in Pokemon. Everybody's so talented that, um, that, you know, most people get, get cheered and they get cheered a lot. Even if you're a bad guy, you know, Jay lethal is, one of the top uh, heels in the company, and I was in the ring next to him as he was getting "You Deserve It" chance, and you know people were giving him a standing ovation. Um, right. So, so it's it's a difficult balance. You know, you want you want the fans to cheer you, but you want them to dislike you at the same time. It's 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 tough. So you you kind of have to to figure out what is going to, you know separate you from the crowd. So that's something that I'm always trying to balance. Um, um, you know, I, I get advice from a lot of different people. Uh, and it's, uh, it's not easy. You know, it's not, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, a daunting task, but, um, but, you know, it, it's something that's always on, on the minds of, of everybody in terms of, of what we're producing. And, and I don't think we'd have it any other way because it's, you know, when we put ourselves in these uh, situations in, in front of the crowds, I, I think that's what, what brings out the best in, in both us and them. Uh, there's two things you said in there that I want to kind of touch on. Uh, the first one, when you said about limiting your, your move sets, I think we've seen some of that even in WWE. They did that with uh, Cesaro for sure. Uh, taking his uh, swing away. Uh, I think we see that with Seth Rollins. Um, I feel they limit what he does in the ring a little bit as a heel, so the fans aren't getting too into him right now. Um, yep. So Yeah, so those are like two perfect examples um, of that. And the second, I just wanted to – it's a question. Is it hard taking – when you say a lot of people are giving you advice, is that difficult – Especially, you know, you're a few years in, all these people have been doing it a long time, but when you have a lot of people giving you advice, is it hard to, like, say, okay, is it hard to say, well, just to, like, filter what you do and don't want to listen to? Um, I'll answer your second question first. Uh, is it difficult? I, I, I would say no, just because I have a lot of experience with it. Um, yeah. Everybody really has a lot of experience with it, so it's, 
the, the way that professional wrestling should be is you should absorb advice from everybody and then you got to pick and choose what applies for you to you. You know, I could, I could get really great advice from two top guys that are the complete opposite things of advice. So I got to pick and choose, you know, which sounds better to me. I'm not going to pick and choose which, which guy I think is better or who knows what they're talking about more, because if I do that, then I'm just going to end up being the exact same professional wrestler as the guy who I feel is the top guy. You got to pick and choose what applies to you. So if I got, if I got advice coming from, from my trainer and I got advice coming from somebody else and the, the advice from somebody else sounds like it, it applies more to me, then I'm going to take that advice. And no one, no one in professional wrestling is going to get offended, or at least they shouldn't get offended because it's, it's all bits and pieces that, that make up who you are. Um, in terms of your, your, your first question, which is a limiting moveset, right? For, for heels. Yep. Yeah. That's, um, it's, it's, it's always going to be part of it. Um, the, and a, a truly good heel knows when and how to to use their their move set effectively, or character or whatever it happens to be that that's you know being altered for the for the sake of uh, uh, you know being disliked. Uh, that it's it's always going to be a part of pro wrestling because once pro wrestling just turns into a bunch of exhibition matches, you know that's when the 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 true drama is drawn out of it. Um, and, and some, some, uh, some pro wrestling fans like that, but that being said, it's a very small, um, population, you know, there's, there's some, some fans that, that just want to see, uh, exhibition style matchup between two guys who, who you love both of them and they go time limit draw and then they uh, shake each other's hand at the end of the match. You know, some guys like that. Most people like to cheer for one guy and dislike another one because that's that's um, that's a human element. You know, you watch you watch sports. Most people watch sports so they can support their team and they want their team to win and they want the other team to lose. Very few people get emotionally invested in a sports game when it's just two teams that they kind of like. You know, they'll watch it. It'll be good and they'll enjoy it. But you won't really care. You won't really be standing on on your on your feet cheering and, and screaming with joy because there was a, a really nice dunk from some guy that you kind of like, you know? The only time you do that is when your team wins, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Um, I will say uh, some of the best live wrestling shows I've seen, uh, I haven't had the honor of seeing the Ring of Honor live yet, but I've seen uh, several pro wrestling gorilla, the PWG out when I was living in L.A. for a while, and that is on the line of you're talking about where it's, I mean, they'll sell the heel and face in the ring. You know, there's no mic. They just walk out and then they put on just exhibitions. They shake hands, they hug, they go home. And the crowds are so into it. So then they just, they have like, I mean, it, so it is different. And like after seeing that, it, it, I remember watching that too, like being at a PWG and seeing like, you know, Kevin Steen there and like, Michael Elgin uh, and, and Roderick Strong and like all these guys um, uh, who and you know Sami Zayn who who I would just look at these guys and I go man these guys should end up Sami Callahan was there even and like these guys should be it I mean in WWE and then they get there and I'm like man 
maybe they shouldn't be in, like some of them, just because of the way I feel they're used. It, because when you put them in that just exhibition style, it's it's incredible. It, it It is incredible. It is, it's an entirely different thing. It's an entirely different world of wrestling. And I, I think everybody should, at least every wrestling fan should at least experience something like that. Even if it's well, not having on a base. Yeah, you say every every wrestling fan should experience that. I think every wrestling fan who is that into pro wrestling should experience it. And most of them kind of have. It's it's hard to say every wrestling fan should experience that because when you say that, sure. you're including you're including a group of. If if I had to guess, I, I don't have statistics on this, but if I have to guess, when you say every wrestling fan, that. In, I'd say 80 to 90% of that is a bunch of little kids who wear John Cena t-shirts and they just love their hero and that's it. And people forget that. They, they think that, that pro wrestling is, is the, the internet wrestling community. That's just, uh, you know, um, <laughs> people like themselves and it, it's not pro, pro wrestling for the majority is, is little kids who, who support their hero and that's it. And, and to be honest, if little kids went and I love pro wrestling gorilla and one of my goals is to get there, but if little kids went to pro wrestling gorilla, They'd be so confused and befuddled as to what's going on. They would hate it and they'd fall asleep and they'd they'd want to go home. That's that's just what it is. They they wouldn't have any idea what's going on, and they wouldn't care at all. But that's not the market that they that 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 PWG. Uh, that's not the audience that they market to. They they market to you know their crowd and and their crowd is very receptive and and they pay a lot of money and they've had success with it. That being said, WWE markets to to the kids so. Uh, you know, for the most part, you know, now they're, now they're trying to mix and match and, and get all sorts of, um, WWE's goal is to get every single human being on earth watching their product. Um, I don't think that's PWG's goal. <laughs> they no, probably not like at it, all. But I don't, I don't know if that, yeah, I don't know if that's, if that's their immediate goal. So, so you, 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 you kind of have to, you have to keep that in mind when you're, when you're, um, when you're, when you're talking about, uh, uh, you know, pro wrestling as a as a whole is that we we, we tend to to limit our views because we watch all all of the products. Most wrestling fans they they don't. That's true. And I heard heard you say in the past that your goals are one of your goals is to uh, get to the West Coast. So are you are you getting closer to that? Do you feel for some of those shows out there? Uh, I hope so. I don't know. If 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 I had to guess, <laughs> I would say um, I'm probably closer at this point than I was a year ago. Um, like let's put it this way: my one of my short-term goals is to to get on a lot more of the the top-level indies in in the United States uh, because I'm not really there yet. Um, that being said, uh, Ring of Honor is a big step towards getting there. If you look at the you know, the, the let's use PWG as an example because we've been talking about them. If you look at their roster, I mean, what, maybe a third of it is Ring of Honor guys, if, if you had to guess? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, probably something like that. So, so, um, so yeah, it, it, it definitely probably, if, if there's such thing as a PWG radar, I'm sure it, it, it being in a company like Ring of Honor puts you on it. I, I don't know if I'm at that level yet. I, I, uh, you know, any any professional wrestler who's worked their weight in salt uh, thinks that they're, um, you know, 
that they're the best. Cause if you, if you don't think that you're the best, then you probably don't belong in a pro wrestling ring. So I, I think I could, um, you know, reach or I could, uh, match that, that level already. Uh, do I think that they're going to give me a chance, uh, as of right now, uh, realistically speaking, probably not. Uh, that's not going to stop me from, from trying, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep reaching out and I'm going to keep doing whatever I got to do. And unfortunately, um, for that particular company, it's, it's kind of more like, uh, from my understanding, is they, they contact you, you don't contact them sort of thing. Plus, I'm not really in California, so I can't like show up to the shows or whatever. But, um, sure. but yeah, I mean, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to keep trying. That is a, a short-term goal of mine. That and, you know, just expanding in general. I'd, I'd like to go overseas. I'd like to... I just want to make the 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 product of of Donovan Dijak a more uh, a more uh, what's the word I'm looking for expanding product, let's say. As, well, you're on your way for sure. I mean, I mean, you're 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 exactly where you need to be. And I think anybody uh, in Ring of Honor right now, I don't know if, why anybody would want to leave it. This I feel Ring of Honor has so much heat behind them. And I, I see a lot of evolution coming in the very near future for Ring of Honor. And, I, you know, so, like, I hear that WWE might, is interested in Jay Lethal. That kind of scares me right now uh, because I fear how they would use him. And just he's so over, and I just feel he gets to be himself, and that he's really appreciated right now. He's holding too tight. So, I mean, stuff like that scares me, you know. Um, um but so, how many shows do you for your TV tapings? How many episodes are you taping at a time, or is it are you not taping more than one episode at a time? Uh, it's usually four to five episodes per TV taping. And I one thing I talking, do notice, and it, I'm sorry, were you, were you, I'm sorry, were you talking about me personally or or Ring of Honor in general? The Ring of Honor in general. Yeah, that's that's four to five uh, per TV taping. And I, well, I do notice that because it's only an hour and your roster is, you guys have a solid roster full of a lot of talent. And so not everybody is on TV every week, which I think adds a little bit of value and it keeps viewers like, okay, I'm going to wa- keep watching because it's a nice rotation every week. So how hard is, is it, is it hard to get onto that TV spot uh, regularly or? Um, I'm not sure I understand the question. Is it is it hard to get? Well, because they're all right, so they're because with, the, with the rotating, uh, they, I notice they have a rotating. Uh, they rotate the guys, their their performers, um, for the TV taping. So every week you're, you're it's almost like every week you're seeing new guys, you know. So it's not like the same guys doing the same thing every single week. You watch, you can watch these guys this week, these guys this week. Is there like kind of a rotation that happens uh, for? Uh, like for, like uh, getting on to those TV tapings, like how often is there like, a, like oh, you'll be on every three weeks, two weeks? Or yeah, if you're I lucky? Don't, I, don't think, I don't think it's a, like a set rotation. It's just kind of more what works in the flow of everything that's being produced. <laughs> um, if you think about it, you know, we have an hour show. That's time for like three legitimate segments you know that the, they're, they're broken up into into different segments with the commercial breaks and everything like that but you've got time for three 
matches or two matches in one promo or one long promo and one long match or, you know, some, something along those lines. I mean, every, everyone knows what an hour of pro wrestling TV kind of consists of. Um, that being said, we have a roster of what, 30 guys. So, so now you got to pick and choose and you got to balance and, and who's doing what and, you know, who, you know, what storyline is getting pushed. I mean, you, you don't have a lot of time for, uh, like WWE, for example, has a lot of, uh, I don't know what the term is, but like sub stories. So you got like your main storyline, then you got a bunch of like other things branching off. When you have an actual show, you don't have a lot of time for that. So we kind of have like one, maybe two stories going on at any given time. Um, Fortunately for me, I'm kind of in the middle of the, not in the middle of it, but I'm a part of like the main storyline right now, which is obviously uh, Jay Lethal and, uh, you know, that, that feud with uh, the Briscoes and um, uh, Roddy's now in it and, and those sort of moving components. So, so I get featured, at least on this upcoming uh, set of TV tapings, a little, a little more than maybe some other, more of the, the freelance variety, you know, like the, the, let's say the young bucks kind of thing. Uh, you know, the, the young bucks are super over and people love watching them. Um, and you know, they're, I think their match aired last night on destination America, or last night on destination America. So, um, and obviously people love it. Um, but they're not truly in a ring of honor storyline as of right now. I, I think they might have one coming up on the next set of TV tapings. It's kind of hard to keep track of, especially when I'm doing my own stuff uh, during those TV tapings. But so they might be featured a little more predominantly, especially in the tag division. Um, but that being said, if if, if you're just kind of one of those, um, I don't want to say freelance guys because that's not fair to them because everybody has at least some sort of contract, as far as I know. But um, you know, the the, the storylines are going to get a little more um, TV time. Uh, I. I say relatively speaking uh most of the guys on on the on the roster get you know at least one match or they're at least involved in one match uh per tv taping uh if you're you know really good or something maybe you get two or if you're really in a uh, kind of uh trying to put over a storyline maybe you get two but um yeah, that's that's sort of the balance that that we're using right now, and it's it, trust me, it's a difficult balance, especially when you have a locker room as talented as the Ring of Honor locker room. Uh, so I just got a couple more questions, and then I have a couple fan questions. Uh, if that's all right. Sure. Yep. Uh, okay. So, um, will you please call someone out on the ROH roster and start a feud right here on the S Talk? Can you do that? <laughs> can, I do, uh, can you start a feud on the show? We want you to start a feud on the show. Can I start a feud on the show? Um, <laughs> right now, who I'd love to feud with the the um, the the issue is that uh, the the guy that I'm friends with holds all the titles so I can't start a feud with him. I can't call out Jay Lethal because he's my buddy. If I were, if I were, going, if I were just kind of like looking out for myself in my own interests, I would just call out the, the, the world champion, but I can't do that because he's my friend. Um, Can you take your shot at the TV title now? I mean, that's got to go to right? No, I can't. That's his. He, he does what he wants with it. He's the man. He runs the house of truth. That's, uh, you know, Maybe he'll maybe yeah. he'll uh, maybe he'll let me 
Let me uh, carry it for him or something. <laughs> yeah, let me let me carry his boots. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. As of right now, I, I said this on a, a different podcast, uh, I think yesterday or something. Um, right now with, with uh, the Death Before Dishonor iPay-Per-View coming up and the Roderick Strong versus Jay Lethal uh, title match, I, 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 I would love the opportunity to work uh, Roddy a, a little more. I think that would make sense in terms of a, a storyline type thing because, you know, usually I get to kind of, you know, soften up the guys before <laughs> Lethal gets gets his opportunity. So, so yeah, I think that would be a, a really fun matchup for me that I, I hope happens a little bit more in the in the future. Okay. Um, this one is uh, it's a fun question. Uh, would you rather get a stink face from Rikishi or wrestle Terry Funk in a barbed wire match? Oh wow! Um, <laughs> that is a good one. I, 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 Terry Funk in a barbed wire match, probably. I'm not this is, huge to the uh, the gimmick matches, but uh, you know that's you know his kind of match, and and he's such a legend. Especially this, uh, a lot of people forget about the the um, the NWA stuff before you know he was the the hardcore guy so so it'd, it'd be cool to get in the ring with him and I, i'm sure he'd be awesome and he'd take care of me so i'll, I'll go with that one because i don't you know i'm not a huge okay. fan of another man's butt in my face <laughs> nobody I, is i do, I do is. it i do it I, i'd probably just enjoy it he has a uh, man if you may, if you do ever uh, get out to the west coast there i know he's got his knox pro academy and they do a lot of live shows so i mean you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of great talent. That's where uh, Rusev came from. So, I mean, it, it, oh, I mean yeah, the live I'm, shows are. I'm very familiar with their uh, their their uh, their school out there. They're actually the the third leg of the the Wild Samoan uh, trio. I've I've been to the uh, to Sam's school in in Allentown, and I've I've gone down to to Afa's school in in Florida. So I'd love to make my way out to, to Knox Pro with, with uh, Gangrel and Rikishi at some point. I think that would be a ton of fun. And Black Pearl. But we can't forget Black Pearl. He's, he's, uh, and they have a, so um, one of our, uh, our next question uh, actually comes from uh, buddy of mine, Wilmer Montez, who uh, wrestles at Knox Pro as Money Money Montez. Uh, he says, how was the locker room vibe when at Ring of Honor when you first walked in? Were they welcoming? Um, that would have been the Nashville TV taping. Um, well, fortunately for me, I had a lot of guys who I knew already, um, in the locker room between, uh, Taven, Mikey B, uh, Hanson, Tommaso was there at the time. So, and, you know, I had been to camps before, so I was familiar with, um, uh, uh, lethal and uh, delirious and um, uh, Maria and you know so I so I, I had a at least a relationship with with um, a lot of the people in the back so that that was comforting. Um, I mean it's a TV taping again so it's not like everyone was like just kind of like focused on me you know they're all kind of off in their own zone but I, I wouldn't say sure. it was like this. It, it wasn't an intimidating locker room. Let's let's put it that way. You know, I, I walked in there and I was I was comfortable and and people were were, were welcoming and I, I got feedback from a lot of guys and 
And the guys I hadn't met before were super nice, like uh, Matt Seidel, who's a, you know, a, one of the bigger names in, in Ring of Honor. He was a guy who, who took time to watch my match and give me feedback. So, so, so yeah, right, right off the bat, it was, it was um, pretty uh, warm atmosphere. I'd like to uh, tag something onto that. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, when just entertainers, performers, and when somebody, if somebody in general makes a quick jump, sometimes they haven't uh, maybe not learned to appreciate it or learned how to emotionally handle it and to carry that. So was there a humbling process for you ending up in Ring of Honor so quick in your career? Did you kind of go in with a little bit of an ego, like, or because the line of talent in there, I imagine, is humbling in itself. But was there a process where you kind of had to knock yourself down a step and go, okay, I'm here, yes, but I have, I'm going to learn so much still? Um, I'd say my whole pro wrestling career has kind of been like that. Right, right from the get-go, you know, I told myself, okay, you're, you're, you're going to go full board at this because, you know, at the, at the time that I started, I was 25. So I, I knew going into it that I was sort of behind the eight ball. That, that being said, I something working to my advantage. And that's the fact that I'm, uh, I'm tall. <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's, you can't, um, you can't teach that. You have to work. Yeah. You have to work to your, your strengths and, and hide your weaknesses in pro wrestling. So, so to me, my goal was to not exploit, that's the wrong word, but I, I guess take full advantage of, of what I could, you know, I, I'm, I'm 25 at the time. So I know I gotta, I gotta work twice as hard to, to make up for lost time. Um, that being said, I'm going to, I'm going to market myself as hard as possible to make sure that in that small amount of time I can accomplish what, what took other people longer to accomplish. And, uh, so far I'm, I'm, doing that as, as best I can, you know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing that as best I can at, at, at no point in my pro wrestling career, am I ever going to take a step back and say, all right, I've, I've, you know, I've done it. I've arrived. I'm here. I, and that's, that's, that's coming from a, a sports mentality. There's always room to get better. You can, you can be the, the absolute best in the world. You can be LeBron James and, and trust me, he has an ego. <laughs> as we as we all hear him talk about how awesome he is um that being said i i'm sure he's in the gym right now shooting jump shots getting better because there's always room yeah. to get better and if you if you want to be the best at something then you need to uh work hard to continue to improve because you're in my eyes you're either getting better or you're getting worse so i'm always going to 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 keep striving to get better i mean in inside i know you know like like I said before, every every good pro wrestler, if you're if you're any good at all, you go into every match thinking that you're you, you just have the attitude that uh, you know you know that I'm the best. I, I feel like I'm the best, and and if if you feel like you're the best, then you're going to go out there and you're going to be the best. If you feel like you're mediocre, then you're going to go out there and be mediocre. That being said, I know in my heart of hearts that you know the the Ring of Honor locker room is so talented that I, you know, they're, most of them are technically better than me. Um, so, so that being said, there's a, there's a balance of that, uh, you know, having the mindset that you're the best, but while knowing that, you know, you've got a, a lot of ground to make up.
Yeah, you couldn't be in a better place to learn, though, I, I, I would assume. Um, okay, one more from Wilmer, then we have one from one more guy, and then that'll be it. So if you could pick a wrestler of any era, uh, uh, including for promos and match quality, to feud with, who would it be? To feud with? Yeah, if you could pick a wrestler um, from any era to feud with, who would it be, keeping in mind promos and match quality? Um, I've said this a million times before, and I'm going to keep saying it. Tommaso Ciampa is the guy that, that I want to wrestle. Very ironic, I know, because he and I have shared a hundred locker rooms together. We've never wrestled each other. We've never had a program together, and I would really enjoy it. I'm, I'm, I'm actually a... Um, I'm kind of the outlier. I'm sure you, you ask that question to guys and they're like, Oh, you know, uh, you know, some guy who's dead or something, you know, like Andre the giant or Hulk, you know, or, you know, someone else. But, um, uh, for, for me, I'm, I'm such a fan of the, the, the quality of wrestling right now as it is to me. Um, I, I gather a lot from the past, but I'm not a fan of the past. If that makes sense. Uh, I know I mentioned I didn't start watching wrestling until 98 or whatever. So, so to me, I don't have that, that sentiment, that sentimental attachment to the, the old wrestling. I've, I've gone back and I've watched all of it and I, I think it's good. And I, I, um, I draw a lot from it and I, I take a lot from it, but I'm, I'm not one of those guys who, you know, you know, thinks that the heyday of wrestling was, was 1970, whatever, and that it'll never be the same again. I think wrestling right now is the best <laughs> that it's ever been. I truly, I do. I, I truly think that. that right now professional wrestling is the best it's ever been. If you, if you take both products and put them next to each other, I can buy that, that what happens in the ring between Tommaso Ciampa and Jay Lethal is real because they make it real. I, I have trouble doing that for a, a lot of wrestling from, from the past. So, so for me, I want to wrestle guys from from right here and right now, and and in my eyes, one of the best is Tommaso Ciampa. Any okay, uh, the last <laughs> the, the last question uh, from a longtime fan of the S talk here, uh, Nathaniel Feliciano, and I'm just going to say it as he worded it, and this could be really taken so many different directions uh, in conversation, but he says, "Is all is Ring of Honor still considered indie?" Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, that was that was a debatable question. Probably, um, maybe a, a year ago, you could have put up an argument. Uh, two years ago, would have been an easier argument. Three years ago, definitely would have been an easier argument. But as of right now, especially after the national TV deal, uh, no, it's it's not an indie. They're, they're, we we have guys on the roster who make their full time living just off of Ring of Honor. I mean. Granted, uh, you know, a bunch of them don't, but I mean, probably, I'd say that I'm in the small percentage that, that, um, that has to, you know, work a, a, a full-time job outside of pro wrestling. Most, most of those bring them on a locker room, I think makes their living off of pro wrestling. So, and that's, I mean, I'm just, you know, I just happen to be the greenest guy in the, in the company. So, <laughs> sure. So, um, I mean, I've heard I, the I, argument I, that any, I know there's people who say anything that's not WWE is considered indie, but that's, I don't agree with that necessarily. Well, all. I mean, what's the, what's the definition of indie? It, it, does indie mean independent from WWE? Then yeah, everyone who's not WWE is indie, I guess. I, to me, indie means like, um, like not a, not a, not a company, not a, 
not owned by a, a corporation, and and we are. We're owned by Sinclair Broadcast Network. So, <laughs> or so Sinclair if Broadcast that's the Group. case, if that's the case, I mean, I know like UTNA and Lucha all have kind of other corporate owners. So, if that's the case, then would WWE be the only indie federation there is right now, <laughs> as far as the top companies? Like, would they act because they're an independent company, right? So does that make them? Oh, because they own themselves. Yeah. Um, no, well, they have uh, they have stockholders, I believe. They're a, a they do have stock. Company. Yeah, so, it is so the that only. Would be you, a nay. Do you think Ring of Honor could end up there one day? Because um, I've talked about the stock on the show could. before. Yeah. Yeah, they. they I have, we, we certainly could. It depends. It depends on the the growth of the company. I don't. I'm not sure that's the goal. I mean, it could be. Um. It'll be tough because at at some point, if that is the goal and it starts moving in that direction, um, at, at some point it's going to turn into a, a competition. Because uh, you know, once once you start to head down that path, then that's when uh, that's when what, once once you turn into big business, that's when it turns into a, a a cutthroat thing where where only you know one can survive. So. I mean, if that's if that's the goal, then you know that's the goal, and I'm sure they'll go headstrong at it. But as of right now, I don't think that's the goal. So, what do you consider like when people say they're working the indie circuit? What is it that you consider the indie circuit? It depends on who you are. You know, some people have a local indie circuit. Uh, some people have what I would refer to as like a super indie circuit, and that's the the companies that'll pay for your flight kind of to come in and 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 do a show and. You're not, you know, really in their storylines or whatever, but they just do sort of exhibition style matches. So it, it kind of depends on what level you are. Yeah. Uh, we Ring of Honor. I mean, it's, they're kind of sitting really close to that number two right now. Uh, it's weird because of the NXT show. You know, when you say who's the number two company, and it's a weird thing to think about, uh, and, it, and it honestly totally depends on who you ask. Again, that goes back to what you said about everybody has their own liking. And But when you see how many Ring of Honor champions have been brought up to the WWE to carry the belt, then, I mean, you kind of have to assume that Ring of Honor would be really close to that number two spot. I just think it's interesting right now with NXT because I feel WWE has put themselves in front of themselves. So they've almost said, because nobody gets to WWE without NXT anymore, which I find even Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, I mean, you know, guys have been, same thing, these guys have, that have been doing it 15 years are starting in their, um, I mean, can you call it a training show, the under show? I don't even know what you call it anymore. I mean, it's so it seems like they've almost put a fence around them from everybody else, I feel, with that NXT show, so... But you get, I think you're in a great spot right now, Ring of Honor. I'm so glad uh, I'm able to sit down on my couch and watch you and your friends and your uh, and your in-ring family every single week. It is my life has been majorly improved um, with a weekly dose of Ring of Honor. And I thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, you want to do some plug-in? You got some tour dates coming up uh, with Ring of Honor websites for Wrestling Tea. You want to promote? Sure, sure. Finding me on Twitter at Donovan Dijak, uh, D-O-N-O-V-A-N-D-I-J-A-K, Facebook.com slash Donovan Dijak, ProWrestlingTees.com 
slash Donovan Dijak, and uh, I'm now on Instagram at Donovan Dijak 44. Um, I'm very bad at updating that. But there are some pictures up there. Um, uh, what else? I got I got shows coming up. I don't know when this podcast is going to be released, but I have shows coming up uh, this next weekend. Week. Next week. All right, then I won't plug those shows. <laughs> um, uh, my my mainstay companies are. Uh, and you can Google any of these and you'll be able to find me. A lot of them are in, are in New England, but just uh, find me. You can find me at Chaotic Wrestling, at Northeast Wrestling, uh, on Wrestling, uh, XWA in Rhode Island. Um, what else? Uh, and Ring of Honor. Those are those are kind of my, my mainstays right now. I'm I'm sure I'm forgetting other ones that I, I do regularly, but um, if you go to my Facebook page, you can find all my event listings there. If you ever decide to come out to, for a Metro Pro event in Kansas City, hit me up. Let me know. I will. Uh, I'll, I'll come. If you, I'll come. If you can get me out there. I'd be happy to. <laughs> so the, I don't. I don't think it would be too hard. I know who's going to be out here. ACH is coming out here. Tommy Dreamer was just out here. They bring like a guy or two, uh, like a guy. Uh, yeah. Event. I think they do every six weeks or something like that. So, yeah, I'm not quite at yeah. that level yet, but you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it's like, hey, they'd be like, yeah, absolutely. Look, I just watched their TV show uh, last week. That I, I caught it on TV. They were playing their Christmas episode. All right, I don't think it would be difficult for Donovan Dijak to get into Metro Pro. I'm just saying. I'm just. Oh saying, no, I, um, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that my in ring wouldn't be up to par because I'm sure it would be. I'm saying that I don't, I'm not sure I'm a big enough draw. I'm definitely not as big a draw as uh, Tommy Dreamer and ACH. I'm sure I'm not either. Cause you know, they're both names. Um, and I'm, yeah. I'm working on becoming a name. <laughs> Let's say that you're doing a, you're doing a great job. Uh, uh, and I, man, honest, I look forward to watching you uh, continue the ring of honor and to grow and the evolution. That's the one great thing about getting to uh, know wrestlers, especially uh, you, younger in their career, early in their career, is watching the evolution that they go through, watching them grow and progress. And and I'm looking forward to doing that with you. Uh, your match against uh, Mark Briscoe at Best in the World was phenomenal. You had the opening card at Best in the World. And what a great – that whole pay-per-view opening to close was just incredible. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, all right. I will uh, – we'll talk to you later, man. Thank you so much for coming on this all right, thank you for having me. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, there it was. Uh, that was my interview with Donovan Dijak. I want to thank you guys for listening. Again, I told you I recorded it at home. I usually do them in the studio. So, yeah, this time it sounds like I was on the phone uh, and he was in the studio. So, so the, I'm your host coming to you live from a payphone while I'm a guest is in the studio. So, no, But no, we did it. Uh, it was just an honor. Such a pleasure talking to, uh, to Donovan on the show this week. Uh, really, truly an honor. Truly a privilege. Uh, I, got a, I got a great show planned for next week already. I got some, already got some great topics in the bag, some stuff I know I want to talk about and get off my chest. I just didn't have time to talk about everything today. Um, so uh, that's it. Check me out on iTunes again. At the, go to the iTunes. Uh, subscribe, rate, review while you're at iTunes. Check out my stand-up comedy CD, Imaginationless, Dustin Kaufman. Uh, and, uh, yeah, all right. I'll see you next week. Rock out with your talk out. This is the Yes Talk.